Hello there, welcome back to The Random Show, episode number 102 with I, your host, Agostino Zinger. This is Random Show, episode number uno zero dos in Espanoles, uno zero dos. Hope you are doing well wherever this live stream may find you. I hope you are doing splendid, or as they say in Spanish, mavlioso, hopefully. But yeah, brother, um, guys and gals out there, please take it easy on me. I'm in excruciating levels of pain right now. I was doing some yoga stretches on the floor. I took another paracetamol. I wish I had something else stronger in here, but I've been on a six-week clean vibe. So I've got literally nothing in my house that I can take that is on the class A side of things that might help me. So I'm having to be flipping, you know, rely on flipping paracetamol of all things, right? I've got these flipping fat tabbies of parry, as you can see here, right? Look at these fat paracetamol tablet things, right? Absolute madness. So yeah, I've been on that. I've been sipping loads of coffee and stuff, whatever it may be. So I'm coming through with the content as per usual because content is always king put your pain to one side put your struggles to one side content is king and i put this flipping live stream out ahead of time i'm already an hour and a half late anyway so i have to deliver so i'm here but p be patient with me okay so if i say something crazy if i say something weird and outlandish and i go over the top please be patient and please understand it's not me speaking it's the paracetamol <coughs> it's the aspirin right it's not really me it's not my opinions it's something coming from the depths of my heart or the depths of my psyche from all that flipping paracetamol i'm on hopefully hopefully fingers crossed you guys understand my position and you understand where i'm coming from and all that malarkey but yeah man big up everybody in the stream chat big up everybody hanging in there i appreciate all of you guys for joining me once again it's a pleasure to have your company as per usual this is the premiere the top of the line the piece de resistance comedy commentary live stream in the world i i, I stand on it okay i stand on it with number one probably the best chat in the flipping world as well so big up everybody in the chat right now all of you guys deserve all the praise and adoration as much as i'm here talking this nonsense into a microphone this would be nothing without you guys inserting yourself and joking around and saying all this sort of craziness that you do in the chat and generally just being what you're doing so hopefully um you guys are here and you're enjoying the vibes and we're going to go through some really interesting topics some cool stuff we're going to talk about along the way and i hope you guys are all checking it out oh also just as an fyi i do have the flipping pod or the live stream uploaded onto hey big up iron sin big up iron sin appreciate you don't let the addies and baddies blow you back out <laughs> No, no, no. Big up Einstein. Appreciate the $4.99 uh, super chat. Big up, big up Einstein. No, it wasn't the Addies and Baddies. It was flipping, um, what's it called? What was it? It was the, um, actually, I don't get rid of church. Uh, it was the, what's it called? It was, uh, it was the deadlifts. I decided like an idiot, taking two days off at the gym, I decided to go to the gym and do 264 deadlift, right, with no belt. 264 <laughs> chat. it was luana <laughs> nah, 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 nah. no thank you i don't want no parts of that lady mate no parts but it was a flipping 264 deadlift without a belt after two days off i don't know why i thought i was flipping arnold schwarzenegger in this thing right i might be a negro but i'm not a flipping arnold and it went flipping crazy for me um and i felt a bit of a tweak but i still powered through and when i'm coming back home now my back is absolutely crazy so in a way i am saying you're right 
my back got blown out, but it got blown out by a flipping deadlift, right? That's what it got blown out by. Not by some baddies and not by Luana. It was just a flipping deadlift. So a really boring way to explain it, but basically that's what happened. But hey, I've only got myself to blame. No more whining and complaining. It is what it is. It is what it is. Anyway, like I was saying to you earlier, I've got the flipping random show available on all podcasting platforms or the main ones, Spotify and flipping Apple. So if you've got those um, and Google as well, I think it's on there. Definitely check it out. Random show i usually convert it into audio after the stream is finished so check it out all the episodes should be on there if it's not let me know and i'll add it but i think they've all been updated um they're not all on there i started from 98 i think i couldn't go all the way back so it starts from 98 so just check it out on there it should be available if you haven't checked it out already but anyway enough of the long talk enough of the chat the main thing of today's stream if you're watching and check this out i actually got to get rid of the flipping vote but the main theme is what i've been putting in a vote the main theme is as thus is as follows. I want to know from people watching the stream, if you could definitely take part in the vote that's, that's happening right now. I'm going to end it very soon, but definitely vote if you haven't already. Who do you blame for Brendan Schaub's stand-up? For Brendan Schaub being a stand-up comedian, essentially. For the scourge and the flipping horrifying nature of his comedy being flipping, you know, um, put out there in the world. Who do you blame more? Brendan Schaub himself? Joe Rogan? Brian Callen or Ax J or Ax J as Brenda would say who do you blame um I really want you to vote in there because I think this is a constant conversation that happens to spring up I saw a few people talking about in the subreddit which gave me the kind of in you know inspiration to sort of add it into the stream I saw people mentioning in the Joe Rogan sub and the Friday and the Kids subreddit earlier in a couple of days ago so I really want to know from you guys watching who do you blame mostly for Brendan Schaub's terrible terrible stand-up do you blame him do you blame Joe Rogan do you blame Brian Callen or do you defer to Axe J? Let me know in the votes because I'm going to be closing it very soon. Please let me know in the votes. I do implore you. Before we get started on that, let's talk about this. My guy Wings of Redemption is going to be fighting Boogie 2988 very soon. Um, it's a fight that a lot of people have been dying to see. Two premier top of the line apex predator flipping low cows competing in the ring. I think it's like three rounds of five minutes or something, which is insane because they're both over like 600 pounds or something crazy like that. So for them to be in the ring and um, for that long boxing in any meaningful way is really, really insane, especially when you consider that neither of them have really gone into it with any kind of real dedication. I don't think they've got trainers. I think maybe Boogie might have one. I know Wings is training himself quote unquote um and essentially he hasn't really changed his diet in any way shape or form so they haven't gone into it like other youtubers have done or content creators where they've kind of used the boxing fight as an excuse to train as an excuse to lose weight to transform themselves or just to get themselves in a sort of like fighting brain mindset whatever these guys have done nothing of the sort they're just posting horrible videos of themselves shadow boxing in their flipping houses and in wings case in these flipping um mobile home and whatever it may be and but i did post a clip actually weirdly enough of um me talking about wings of redemption shadow boxing in these flipping you know modular mansion and a few people in the comments were saying that wings's form was pretty good i was surprised by that a few people in my comments were like hey i do boxing I've been a boxer for a while. I'm familiar with the sport. A lot of people were saying, no, Wings actually looks pretty good when he's shadow boxing. To me, he didn't. He looked absolutely horrible. He looked really slow. He looked like he was out of breath. 
um, not even moving that much without anyone hitting him back. Uh, but people were saying in my comments that, yeah, Wings actually does look pretty good. So let's see. It might be an actual uh, barnstormer fight and Wings might actually put Boogie away. In Wings' mind, he thinks he's going to beat Boogie because he's younger and because Boogie's older and it's had more health complications over the years. But personally, I feel like they're both so overweight, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter how who's who's younger or whatever. They're both so unfit and they're both such flipping shut-ins and such sleuths and fatties. It's just not going to matter who is younger or older. They're essentially both operating on the same level. Um, it's just going to be a miracle if they're able to kind of go the entire distance of the fight. So let's see what ends up happening. But anyway, we've got an update regarding both of them that I want to quickly check out here. The first update is I want to play here is regarding Keemstar the promoter of the fight um he's he's obviously putting the fight together it's going to be a card here in the uk um i'm not going to go watch it live fuck that i'm going to watch it on youtube it's going to be streamed for live streamed for free if i'm not mistaken and um keem starts putting it together and he decided to pay wings a visit visit sorry personally at his modular mansion maybe to film some content and just to kind of check him out and hang out with him and for some reason even though Keemstar got this guy involved in this flipping escapade and put some money in his pocket and he's probably going to help him in terms of getting some new fans, Wings, right? He might even help change the narrative around Wings. Wings' lack of enthusiasm for having Keemstar in his house is hilarious because it proves one, two, four, several things. Number one, that Wings just, you know, he didn't want to do this really. He only's doing it for the money and he's down bad enough that he has to accept it. Number two, he legitimately thought you could take the man's money and not have to do anything in terms of like, you know, obligations of media and all that kind of stuff, whatever it may be. And number three, he definitely, definitely doesn't leave his house often or doesn't even receive company because the way he's acting and whatever, it's just, I don't know, the lack of enthusiasm, the lack of cleanliness is just quite disturbing. So this is a clip of Keemstar at Wings' house, courtesy of the channel Wings007. And it's quite funny. I have to be honest. It's really, really funny. Let's play it now. Big up Wings 007. I got child pornography up around 12. Whatever. I hope your family dies. <laughs> Those wings quotes are so good. I did say the age of consent should be twelve. <laughs> I can't take it no more. Can't do it. I can't take this shit no more, man. Kimsaw visit Wings of Redemption. Kimsaw signing Wings of Redemption's wall for some reason. Who knows? What is it? The fourteenth. By the way. Just a small observation. Never trust a man who doesn't have a good throw-up, right? A good throw-up. Just a good little sign. Just a good little squiggle. You know, just something they kind of as your go-to mark. Like, look at look at the lines on that. Look at that. Like, what is that? You, you can't. You don't even have a little. You know, a little thing that you just do when you sign things. Your little kind of pseudonym or whatever. Kima, and he's gone over the E's twice, and the little squiggle in between. Like, ugh, horrendous. And even the way he's holding the pen. The guy's holding the pen. Horrendous, horrendous. But you continue. Ladies and gentlemen. Look at him. Look at him. Look at that guy. 
the shirt looks like it's full of stains. There's, look at that. There's a there's a bed sheet over the wind. And again, I'm only saying this because these guys are like low cows, but they're also very, very, um, what's that thing called? They make a lot of money online. Essentially, Wings and, you know, DSP. I think Wings is on the low end. Wings is, if I'm not mistaken, around the 70K mark, right? 70K mark from basically streaming online and begging people for tips. And DSP is on like the 100,000 a year mark. But essentially, they both basically get within a month period, anywhere between like three to 10 grand a month. But you wouldn't know it looking at their house. DSP doesn't clean his house. He has cattle all over the place and it's a shit. And this guy lives in a modern mansion that he owns and he doesn't have blinds, like proper curtains. He has this like bed sheet or blanket over a window, like above the air conditioning unit. Like this is some trap trap house shit. Like horrendous. Like look at this. Like it looks so, so bad. And of course him himself doesn't necessarily help, right? The way he looks and... I've always wondered, is it me, right? Or does Wings not have a fat person's head? Wings doesn't have a head of a person that belongs in that body. Like, his body looks different to his head. Or am, I, or am I going crazy here? Like, his head is way smaller than what his body looks like. But yeah, Wings looks like... Yeah, Wings looks like Wings, basically. Let's just continue. We're at the myth, the man, the legend, Wings of Redemption's house. <laughs> Look at him. You ready for this fight with Buggy? Look at the fist. Ready to get it over with. <laughs> ready to get it over with. Ready to get it over with. There's a. This is some white boy shit though, right? Having your coffee cup on the floor as you're streaming next to your dog. White boy shit. Let's, Let's go. go. Wings is fridge. Obviously, a full box of flipping Pepsi's. That's one thing as well. I have to be flipping happy about in my life. I said, you know, often when I was younger. My mum used to always buy us like big bottles of like lemonade, orangeade, Coca-Cola. And me and my brothers used to drink that stuff all the time at home. But over a period of time, I don't know how it happened. We just all stopped drinking fizzy drinks that much, really, for a lot. I don't know what happened. Just a little switch went. But I remember we, we used to drink fizzy drinks like fucking water, like legit. We used to have like two litre bottles in our fridge that we'd be fighting over. And, and suddenly it just kind of stopped. And I'm happy because, you know, I already have a sweet tooth anyway. So if I still have a sweet tooth and I drunk fizzy water, I will be a fucking whale. So I'm really thankful that I was able to break that. But clearly breaking sugar, especially in fizzy drinks, is really difficult because Wings is one thing that you see, even though he eats a lot, clearly he drinks so much fizzy juice, like fizzy drinks, especially Pepsi. Like he loves Pepsi. So constant meme, but clearly like anyone buying like, you know, box you know, boxes with cans in it like this, you're definitely on the flipping fizzy drink of hype for real. That motherfucker. And what is that? Is that Kool-Aid? That's Kool-Aid, right? In the red thing. That's all sugary drink as well. Everything here is full of sugar. There's some is that is that Wendy's chili there? Some leftovers Wendy's chili. Like everything's in a box. Everything looks like it's like takeaway. I know you shouldn't drop people's fridges too bad, but God almighty, mate. That doesn't look like a, a fridge of somebody that's looking to fight, no? That's not like a fighter's fridge. That's Kool-Aid, some leftover Wendy's chili, a whole box of Pepsi. Like, fucking hell, brother. Wings, why did I find this in your fridge? You didn't find it in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. Look at it t-shirt full of stains 
Oh no, I think that stain or sweat patch or someone's fist. I don't know, wherever it is. Like, God almighty. Big up Liquid Richard. I don't. It's a tweet. Was it a tweet say from King? From Kim? Big up Liquid Richard. The tweet says, Hey Boogie, I don't know if you're ready for Liquid Richard. I don't come in here asking how my day is and shit like that. I don't care about that. Honestly, he hasn't lost a single ounce of weight. Um, looks exactly the same. He's definitely doing it for the money only. Clock in, clock out, and go back to streaming as per usual. It's going to be an absolutely horrendous thing to watch. I'm really, really curious to kind of check it out. It's going to be a proper horror show, and I cannot wait. I'm not going to lie. I honestly cannot wait to check it out. Really, really, really cannot wait. And then we got a last update here. <coughs> we got an update courtesy of um, Boogie himself saying this is really happening on fighting wings let's check this update even though i think boogie is super pathetic and the way he kind of leans into the meme is really unsettling to be honest like he kind of enjoys being a loser um and having people pity him but let's check it out anyway and let's see how long i can last hearing boogie basically get giddy that he's going to be fighting flipping wings let's check it out About a year ago, Keemstar asked me if I wanted to fight for his company, Happy Punch. And I said yes. So he. Oh my God. I just realized. Wing Boogie has the same whistle with the fake teeth. Thank the chat. Big up the stream chat for basically putting me off from getting the fucking Turkish teeth done. Because now I'm off it completely. I'm going to get Invisalign. I'm going to get my stuff bleached and cleaned up and stuff. And whatever else I need to do. But instead of getting the fake teeth, that's not going to happen. But one of the reasons why is this whistling. It's not even a whistle. It's not even a lisp. It's a whistle that everyone has when they get veneers. And Boogie has it too. Can you hear him when he speaks? He has that whistle. Ask me if I wanted to fight for his company, Happy Punch. And I said yes. So he kept... <laughs> happy punch and i say yes <laughs> so, honestly that whistle is there a way not to get rid of it you have to why has everyone got the whistle is it because they just got really big teeth or because it's just a thing what happens honestly the whistle is fucking amazing man yeah natasha you know, I was, honestly they called they have to be at, at first i was calling them turkish delights but turkish delights is actually a dessert confectionery thing they have in turkey it's these little like dusted covered in like sugar caster sugar gelatine gelatine type of things that um they sell in like turkish restaurants and shit so turkish slice is actually a thing so i have to just call them turkish teeth because that's what they are um especially here in the uk everyone goes to fucking um everyone goes to fucking turkey let me plug in the laptop one second oh my back oh my god just bending over is hurting oh my god oh, oh. mama mia Bill. What's happening? Am I getting old or is it just the power that I don't have? Oh my days. Just bending over slightly there to get the cable even fucking made me want to cry. Jesus Christ. Okay, let's go back. Let's play. Kept trying to find a fight for me. Originally same hide, but obviously that dude would just murdered me. Then there was Ethan Ralph, who that just obviously didn't work because he's Ethan Ralph. Uh, now this fight with Jordy's actually happening. As I am recording this right now, Keemstar. And a boxer and my friend Michael, kid behind the camera, are flying to Arkansas to film tomorrow. And this fight is happening on May 13th. There's no backing out. This is it. May 13th. That's in less than like, that's in less than five weeks, isn't it? Or something. God almighty, mate. They've got so much to do. 
They both look really physically unfit, clearly. Um, technically, is there a question to be had for like, this is kind of like exploit- exploitative, exploitive, or whatever that fucking word is, from fucking Keem. A little bit. That he's getting these like 400 plus pound guys to box. Like, this is a bit crazy, man. Like, could they like, how? who's going to sanction this? <laughs> Like, it's just kind of cruel. <laughs> it's done. It's a done deal. On May 13th, I'm in the ring with Wings of Redemption, period. But with this fight coming up, I see a lot of rumors floating around, and I want to address them. For example, in my timeline today, I saw somebody say, Boogie, aren't you a 49-year-old man? Aren't you 400 pounds? Aren't you literally disabled by the United States government because you have a fused disc and arthritis in does he claim disability too on top of that? That is pure locale, right? Begging for tips online and people's sympathy and donations to fucking keep your lights on and you also claim disability. If that's the case, Boogie's in the, like an Optimus Prime level fucking locale. Hopefully that's not the case, but if it is the case, wow. Your knees? Is, don't you have polycythemia? Don't you have an enlarged heart? Don't you have asthma? And I just <laughs> want to say to that person... Yes to all of that. All of that's true. That is all true. What about the people? Imagine being proud to have all these ailments. Like, like I don't know, man. I don't know. These guys make me laugh. Whenever I feel bad about myself, I check out Boogie and Wings, mate. They always make me feel way better about myself. I'm not going to lie. It's really bad to say that, but sometimes you need people right on level one to kind of make you be happy that you're on your level 1.5. People saying, Boogie, don't you literally have a glass jaw with those implants? Aren't you risking... $30,000 worth of dental work. Isn't there a chance you'd lose your teeth and be in dentures for the rest of your life? Yes. That's a, yeah, it's one of the risks I'm taking. My dentist is very much not a fan of me doing this. I'm sorry, Dr. Anderson, but Boogie isn't wings 10 years younger than you. Isn't he taller than you? Isn't he more mobile than you? Doesn't he have less health problems as you? Isn't he skinnier than you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think all that's true. Yeah, I'm definitely going into this as the underdog. So, Boogie, why are you smiling like an idiot right now? This is crazy. This is dangerous. This is dumb. Yeah. Isn't it great? Isn't that awesome? Look, old Boogie would be super scared about this and trying to figure out a way out of it. And I know that because old Boogie creeps up in the back of my head and telling me, hey, man, we got to fix this. You, this You're, doing You're doing it for money. Come up and get it. You're doing it for money. Let's just sit on our ass and rot away. Just be honest. And I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm done listening to other people. I'm done listening to old scared Boogie. This is a challenge I put in front of myself, and I'm excited to overtake it. And I got a few reasons for doing that, and I want to talk about those reasons with you. Yeah, I get to go to London, and I've always wanted to go. And on top of that, I do get paid. But it's not retirement money. It's not life-saving money. It's not risk your life and your health money. I can tell you that. So that's not why we're doing this. Well, Craig, why are you doing this? I'm truly honest with you today. My brain, my body, this person that I am is wired to do two things. Number one is get attention. I'm just, I like attention. I think every human does. Don't let them tell you otherwise. Oh, okay. Now I've done it. I'm enough, man. No, let's just carry on. Let's just hear what I have to say. This guy is fucking amazing. Every Go to the event, AZ. No, thank you. No fucking thank you. Why is my chat as well? Why is my chat not loading? For goodness sake. Come on, chat. Stop being dumb. Why aren't you loading? Let's do this again. Reset. <clears throat> 
influencer certainly does. Every content creator, they want attention, right? Uh, but what I want to do with that attention is pure, man. I want to help people. I've always wanted to help people. I lost sight of that for a while, and I that's want to why help everything people. went to shit. But I'm back to where that's my but primary my face goal caved in. to help people, and I hope my content proves that every day, and I hope what? this fight proves it. I'm going into this thing with the plans of winning, but there's a very real possibility that could not happen. <laughs> then if I can just make it all the way to the end of this fight and make it through all three rounds, and Rocky this shit, I'll be happy with that. If I'm being honest, if I'm still standing at the end of this thing, I will be really proud of myself. If I, I, I hope, remember my I hope if he's still standing at the end of it, I hope whoever's still standing, I hope if whoever's still standing gets on the mic and calls out DSP. I hope they do that. I hope whoever's still standing gets on the mic and says, DSP, Dark Side Phil, you begging piece of shit. I'm calling you out. Are you man enough to leave the snort fort? And step in this ring with me. I challenge you, DSP. I challenge you. That would be amazing. I hope one of them does it. Gets on the mic and proper sells the next fight. DSP, get out of your little snort fort. Leave your horse behind. Come on, get in the ring with me. <laughs> that would be awesome. My giant body into that ring and take a beating and hopefully dish one out as well. If I can take this calculated risk and get the best possible outcome, then hopefully I show the people watching that they can take the calculated risk as well and oh, get really? the best possible outcome. And hopefully they will be a little less afraid to do the things they need to do. If I can face my fears, then you can face yours. He's full of so much shit. Anyway, glad glad he's having a good attitude behind it anyway. Um, hopefully it goes off without a hitch. I don't want to see the guy, you know, drop dead or anything. That's obviously not in my MO. But God almighty, what a supreme top tier level loser. But let's see. Hopefully it works out for the best of them. Um, they're obviously not taking it that seriously. None of them are training. They've neither have lost any kind of weight substantially in any kind of way, shape or form. And it's just going to be an inshallating. It's going to be a pure inshallating. Just all vibes, nothing else, just the vibes. And hopefully... Um, for the love of God, nothing crazy happens in the ring with them. That's the only thing you can kind of hope on. Um, actually, for now, because I want to see the chat on the screen, let's end the let's end the poll so it's not showing up on here. Let's end the poll. Where's the poll staying at, at the moment? Who do you blame? What do people say? Seventy-three votes. Majority of people blaming Joe Rogan. Are you guys okay? You're blaming Joe Rogan for Brendan Schultz stand up. Brendan's only getting fifteen percent of the of the of the blame. Brian Cannon getting 19 and Alex J, Alex J 7%. So clearly, a lot of people in my chat and general feel like Rogan is more to blame for Brendan than fucking Brendan is. That's wild. I would have never guessed that. Okay, I would have honestly never, ever, ever guessed that. Wow. That's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty cool. Let me actually take a screenshot of the final thing. Let's see. Let's take a screenshot of that. Actually, that's important to see. That's actually wild, man. I would have never flipping think that. But yeah, big up everybody that flipping <clears throat> that added their vote to that. I do appreciate you in the biggest way possible. And um, I quickly, actually, what's it? Let's see. I quickly want to touch on that anyway because we're on the topic anyway. Let's just quickly jump through it. So, 
as we're on the topic of who's to blame for Brendan Shaw, this is the post that came to mind that somebody posted on the subreddit, right? Who's the bigger idiot? The guy who promoted the idiot or the idiot? And I guess people in the thread in general were kind of getting on Rogan more so because of how um, how kind of forthright he was about getting Carlos Mencia out of the comedy scene or exposing him for being a joke thief. Because as you guys know, that whole Carlos Mencia thing was a big story back in the day in the LA comedy scene. And Rogan essentially for a time kind of sacrificed his career to kind of, you know, fight the good fight and expose Mencia for essentially um, going out of his way to kind of, you know, take people's jokes and basically do a cardinal sin that people don't do and they still jokes in general and generally be a bit of a piece of shit behind a scene, allegedly to according to those dudes. So a lot of people in the sub and people in general who are fans of the LA comedy scene are like, if Brendan has such a hard stance against Cosmos here for stealing, how could Brendan also be some, and also him being a comedy purist and clearly you can see from the amount of talent that he's kind of pulled in to perform at the comedy mothership. <clears throat> you may not like Rogan's comedy, sorry, <clears throat> but you can't deny that Rogan is a real fan of the genre, a real fan of the arts, right? Of the art itself of doing stand-up. He really kind of pays attention to it. He knows who's coming up and bubbling. He kind of has a good, I guess, judge of who's funny and who's not, with some exceptions. So people are questioning how could Joe Rogan quick how could Joe Rogan kind of endorse Brendan in any kind of way, shape, or form? My defense for this will be the following. If you actually think about it and you actually do your research and you actually go back into your research of your mind and think about the whole journey that Brendan and Joe have been on together and think about all the content you've watched, I can't remember a time where Rogan has said categorically that Brendan is funny at stand-up. He's mentioned a few times that Brendan's really good at podcasting. He's really good on podcasts as a, as a kind of cope. But I've never once heard Br Br Joe Rogan say out of his mouth that he thinks Brendan's funny and should be given a chance to do stand-up and people, you know, need to cut in some slack or defend him in any kind of way when it comes to stand-up. He's never done that. And I honestly don't think Joe Rogan should be blamed because I think Rogan did what any friend would do. If Joe Rogan, because that's what, like in my head, as much as Joe Rogan kind of annoys me from time to time, I still think his podcast is still the best out in terms of, you know, you know, uh, episode for episode, guest for guest, it's still one of the best out there. But I also think that Rogan, what he's also done, which I think a lot of these guys wouldn't do if they were in the same position as him, is he's, he has shared his limelight, shared his fame, shared his platform with all of these guys and girls, whether they were bigger than him on the same level or really kind of getting started, he goes out of his way to kind of help everybody around him and he considers a friend. And my theory, <coughs> sorry, God Almighty, <coughs> my theory is the following. My theory is that when Rogan told Brendan to quit doing the UFC, I have a feeling that behind the scenes, oh no, he actually said, R Rogan said at one time, or maybe Brendan said it, that Joe regretted, no, I think Brian Callen said it one time in a podcast, he said Joe Rogan regretted um, doing what he did on his, on, on the Fire and the Kid that time when he did on Joe Rogan Experience, where Rogan basically confronted Brendan and said, hey, um, you're not good at UFC, you're never going to be champion, you should give up now, because getting knocked out like this isn't good for you, isn't good for your brain, and you've clearly got other talents or other opportunities outside of fighting, don't jeopardize it just to follow this kind of, you know, this dream that isn't going to materialize, because you're essentially not good enough. And Rogan said he regretted doing that on air. And I think my theory is the following. I think ever since that moment, Rogan said to himself quietly 
that he would do everything in his power to make sure his friend at the time, because at the time they were very close, maybe even closer than Brian Callen, he made a promise to himself he was going to do everything in his power to make sure that Brendan landed on his feet. He didn't want Brendan to take his advice or his counsel, quit the UFC, and then end up like fucked. So he kind of felt responsible for his next part of his life. So that's why Rogan went out of his way to have Brendan on his flipping podcast all the time because he knew how powerful his podcast was in terms of kind of shining lights on people and getting them a fan base and helping out them sell tickets and whatever it may be. So Rogan did what any friend should do and helped out his friend. It's Brendan's fault that he didn't do things the right way. He approached comedy and tried to take shortcuts. And one of the biggest shortcuts that he did is because The Final Kid was really popular at the time when it was starting. It's still popular now, but, you know, before it was really, really popular. <coughs> episode, sorry. Episodes would get like 500,000 views, you know, every episode and whatnot. What happened is that they started to do live shows and live shows were selling out because those guys were really popular and whatnot. And at the time when they were doing live shows, they would do these like comedy bit intro type of things that Brendan always talks about is his origin story. Now, what Brendan did is that he used those TFAK live podcast things as his open mics, as Kyle is saying. You can't cheat open mics. So Bre Brendan didn't want to do open mics. He felt like he was above that. He, like he's already said it before, he feels, you know, the people that open mics are weirdos and he's not, whatever. He just feels like he's above it. He's better than open mics. So he used the Fire and the Kids live shows as his kind of open mic. So he basically cut a, you know, he cut corners, didn't do things the right way. And essentially was performing to his home crowd, thinking that that was actually improving his comedy when it wasn't. And then along the way, because he was really famous and had a bit of buzz around him, Showtime clearly saw somebody they could tap into, especially with the MMA stuff and the boxing and sports coverage. And they could kind of double dip and or kill two birds with one stone, get him on board to be a new, you know, combat um, fighting analyst kind of personality guy. And also... <clears throat> get behind him in terms of sponsoring or get money behind him in terms of comedy and obviously he took the special too early the deal from showtime he definitely should have rejected it and he, maybe you know it worked out for him in the long run because he maybe would have never been in a position if he never took it but i think overall for the for the court for the kind of in terms of his stand-up he definitely suffered taking that deal so i think rogan can't be blamed because he gave brendan the opportunity he presented it on tim on the silver platter hey Here's a chance for you to have a fan base, make some money, have a real career, be associated with me, which is essentially a guaranteed ticket to, you know, to to doing something, especially if you're creating content that people enjoy in the meantime that you're kind of appearing on the JRE. But then when it came to stand-up comedy, he decided to cut corners and didn't do it the right way. And if you remember correctly, recently in the Final Kid episode, maybe a few months back, um, they were having a heart-to-heart -heart between Brian Cannon and Brendan. And Brian Cannon, and Brendan admitted that during the time that he was offered the special by Showtime, Joe Rogan and Brian Callen both said he wasn't a good idea. But Brendan thought at the time, especially Brian, was maybe jealous because Brendan had kind of surpassed him in terms of ticket sales and where he was playing very early in his career. Not because he was good at stand-up, but because he was famous and he could sell tickets. So a lot of the clubs were booking him and venues were booking him because he could move tickets, clearly. And he maybe thought that Brian was telling him not to take the Showtime deal because he was jealous that he didn't get a Showtime deal. So from the very beginning and along the whole journey, Brennan's always had a 
weird superiority complex he legitimately thought that he was the special one he was kind of ordained to take a special and different path than every other comedian that came before him and essentially end up kind of biting him in the ass because now we've seen he's now nearly 10 years in i think it's maybe eight or something and even his biggest fans can't say that there's a big leap in quality um, in terms of his stand-up from you'd be surprised to the gringo pappy they're probably on the same type of level. Maybe the Gringo Pappy is a little bit better, but there's not, you know, a big leap in terms of that you would expect to see for somebody who's been in comedy for as long as he has. And I think he has suffered because he took the shortcuts, because he didn't do stuff properly and because he felt he was special. So I don't think Rogan can be blamed for that in the slightest. I really, really don't think so. I think it's really unfair to blame Rogan because you're kind of absolving Brendan of the responsibility of doing things the right way, in my opinion. But then we've got this post, courtesy of Reddit, that also speaks about it. This is another thread where someone was talking about it as follows on a Find a Kid sub. Big up the user Murder Alaska. It says, Tom Rogan is, is the biggest hypocrite in the comedy world for creating the FIFA Sutherland, aka Papa, the biggest joke slash essence stealer ever after going to, G, to on the jihad to kill Carlos Mencia. It says as follows. The clips of Rogan doing a Q&A and that cheesy video he made with the mariachi music taking down Carlos Mencia are really cringy in retrospect. Joe was out of his mind and super aggro back in the day when he went on his crusade against Mencia and a few examples of stolen drugs came up with no with to, with to prove his point where like Ari and Carlos were doing the same who are you going to get to build a warp joke about the Mexicans which is a premise that is so easy I can buy parallel thinking okay cool the whole premise around Carlos Mencia I don't think needs to be argued he clearly was a joke thief and he clearly was a bad dude you can argue on the you know on the benefits or the strength or what jokes he took but this whole retro this whole kind of um this whole revisionist history on Carlos Mencia wasn't that bad dude isn't true like the guy was stealing jokes in front of people and performing them in front of the person on the same night like that's a, a beyond belief and then when he came to do the apology tour on bobby lee's podcast and stuff he was not taking any accountability like narcissist narcissism levels were on the on the on another planet like the guy's clearly a bit of a cunt like let's not try to rewrite history and the fact that no one stood up for him also from comedy says a lot to be fair um it continues Go back and listen to Rogan on Opie and Anthony. Rogan spazzes out and screams like a lunatic on the radio about how Carlos steals from him and everyone else. Honestly, it's basically impossible for anyone to steal bits from Rogan because he's such a one-note stool fucker and his premises only would work for a muscle-brained screamo douche who can't stop talking about weed. Bro, it's embarrassing. A lot of people, a lot of people think Rogan's stand-up is terrible. Personally, I think it's an acquired taste. I don't think it's terrible. I just think maybe his stand-up doesn't match how he speaks about stand-up. Like, he speaks about stand-up in a really kind of analytical, philosophical, detailed, artistic way that you would assume he's really good. But when he does stand-up, you're like, mm, he's all right. So it doesn't match his talk, but I don't think he's terrible. I think people kind of over-exaggerate, but he's definitely not He's definitely not like Dave Chappelle level. No way, shape or form. Even though he performs on the same level as him and he sells a lot of tickets also, he's not that good. But if anything, Joe is like the example of somebody who wheeled themselves into stand-up comedy. Like he did he did what Brendan didn't do. He went the hard way. He got passed by all the great clubs. He was writing all his jokes, performing as much as he can every, all the time, even though he had a million jobs. Like he kind of wheeled himself into being good. 
like he you know with dedication and kind of you know time and whatever maybe he did that by himself with his own sweat maybe he's never talented never gifted to do stand-up but he got there through hard work and perseverance so that's kind of you have to rate that but is he somebody that i would buy a ticket to see instantly of course not um then to have the nerve to introduce the world to brendan as if he's the next george carlton just goes <laughs> to show how redacted joe really is it's like joe saying that he has an um an unpeachable bullshit director detector sorry when he is so obviously gullible you can tell that joe only reads headlines if that i watched a clip of jre recently where joe was talking about how ridiculous it is that all of these articles were coming out about misgendering the national school shooter it's a perfect example of how redacted joe's reading comprehension is joe's whole point is how the trans shooter was biologically male which he points out is almost all school shooters wow i guess he must have misplaced his finely attuned bs meter that day because audrey hell was a biological female who was a trans man michael schellenberg his guest on the podcast is so cowed that he tentatively wants to correct joe but he loses his nerve okay this is kind of just personal whatever against joe um i do understand what he means but to be fair like i said before to be like i said before i honestly don't think i can't remember again maybe you guys in the chat can tell me differently but i can't remember a specific instant where joe said categorically that he thinks brendan is good at stand-up comedy he never did that he just gave him an opportunity to get some fans to make some money um to get some attention on him because he's a friend and he didn't want his friend to be out on his ass after telling him to quit the ufc he did what any friend would do brendan's the one that took the shortcuts that joe shouldn't be blamed for this in my opinion um joe rogan having brendan on over 80 times still the most guest appearances ever on jre is like creating the golem or frankenstein monster that's been roaming the villages of the internet killing little kids and figuratively for the nearly last decade it's one of the biggest cultural atrocities to ever exist <laughs> compared to being involved with cancelling an alleged joke thief in Mencia, whatever good that did it isn't even close Joe Rogan isn't funny, and whenever he goes on a rant on his podcast, I turn it off or fast forward it. He is aggressively f mediocre, and he's directly and indirectly responsible for how lame the internet is. Thank you. Please drive through. Bloody hell. Okay. <laughs> this guy absolutely ripped Joe Rogan to pieces. Like I said, I think it's not fair to blame Rogan for Brendan Schaub. I think you only have to blame Brendan for Brendan. He took the shortcuts. He didn't take things seriously. He's also just, you know, just to be kind of brutally honest, he's just not funny like that on stand-up. And I think there comes a point in life when you reach a certain age where it just doesn't matter how long you do something, it's just never going to come. If you're never that funny anyway, and then you start doing stand-up in your mid-30s, can you really get better over time? I don't think so me personally i don't think it's possible i think it's just a ship of sail it kind of is what it is and you kind of have to take it the way you have to take it so don't blame rogan blame brendan don't blame rogan blame brendan that's my theory anyway but hey what do i know what do i know moving on from this oh wait we've got a super chat is it gonna pop through hold on oh bear with me a second hopefully this project pops through and we can continue on. big up that indian dude appreciate you brother in terms of Kim exploiting Boogie, Boogie is probably one of the biggest emotional manipulators out there. So don't care if Kim makes piggy bank from this fight, pun intended. 
Yeah, big up that Indian dude. I appreciate the $10 super chat, my friend. Yeah, you're right, actually. You're right, you're right. Um, I know how Boogie is emotionally super manipulative and he actually enjoys being a low cow. So I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to be loving it. Um, So big up you for the super chat. I appreciate you. What, Sean? AZ is Rogan's PR. <laughs> I love how you can be like a little bit objective and see both sides and then people start thinking you're capping. That's the same thing when people said... Because I didn't buy into this narrative that fucking, you know, um, what you call it? That Kalila was some kingpin that was orchestrating the downfall of flipping, you know, what's his name? Bobby Lee. That was somehow some sort of cuck. Remember that? The whole chat calling me a cuck for fucking Kalila. I don't give a fuck about Kalila. Like, if anything, she's fucking embarrassing. Like, when, she's, when she speaks, my ears bleed. I don't want to listen to any of her fucking content. But I also didn't buy into the idea that Bobby Lee was some innocent little lamb. Like, he's a grown man. He's 50 years old, bro. If he got flipping swindled by some woman from the Philippines, it's kind of his business, not mine. I don't give a fuck. But the whole chat was calling me a fucking cuck for Kalila. Like, ouch. <laughs> they were calling me a simp. They were calling me a Kalila simp. Like, ouch, man. That's so mean. And now I've been accused of being Joe Rogan's PR. Don't get me wrong. I'll take the money. If Joe Rogan hired me to be his PR and run fucking defense for him, right? And run propaganda for him. I'm there. I'm running the propaganda. My back's a bit screwed, but I'll work as a PR. I'll work as a PR. If you want to hire me, I'll work as a PR. <laughs> I'll gladly take it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not I'm not above fucking selling out. I'll tell you that, mate. I'm not above selling out. I'll sell out. I'll bend over. I'll spread it wide. I'll give him my fucking man bussy. Tell you that right now. I'll give it. I'll give it up for Rogan in an instant. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Yo, Fox News, bro. Fox News. Look at this headline. Fox News settles Dominion defamation case for $787.5 million, Close to a billy. Are you insane? A billy. Close to a billy for running this prop that fucking the election the vote, vote what the election was rigged and trump should have won and the machines didn't work yo that's a lot of money man i would assume a lot of their presenters aren't going to get their christmas bonus this year if this is the case bonuses are out of the window it says here fox news has settled a defamation lawsuit from the voting machine company dominion over its reporting of the 2020 presidential election let me move this aside here or 2020 election in a last minute settlement before trial the network agreed to pay 787.5 million or approximately 644 million about half the 1.6 billion initially sought for dominion dominion argued his business was harmed by fox spreading false claims that the vote had been rigged against donald trump the funny thing is fox news are running propaganda and defense of fucking donald trump they've now been hit with a you know 787 million flipping bill how much do you think donald trump's going to contribute to this <laughs> do you think he's going to help them out and and pay up some of the money as well god almighty of course not the deal spares fox executives such as rupert murdoch from having to testify which is what they didn't want the judge in the case is not required to give his approval for the settlement. In a statement, Fox said Tuesday settlement is one in one of the most anticipated defamation trials in US history, reflected his commitment to the highest journalistic standard. The Fox statement added that the network acknowledged the court's rulings, finding certain claims of Dominion to be false. Imagine what Rupert Murdoch knows. 
if they're willing to write off or sign off on 787 million imagine what Rupert Murdoch knows that they can't let people find out they can't let him get in the flipping court right and have to swear on the oath and shit they had to do they had to sign off the fucking they had to you know ratify and fast track the fucking sentiment yo my conspiracy theory antenna is going off on here man there's something nefarious going on behind the scenes it feels like it this doesn't feel correct brother i gotta check in with my guy ryan dawson i gotta check in with my guy ryan dawson and find out what is actually going on under the scene if you know ryan dawson you know you know if you know you know um in, a, in the, the the judge in the case is not required to do in a statement da, 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 the fox added that the network acknowledged the court's rulings finding certain claims about dominion to be false or people said eddie d's telling me why would trump pay what fox agreed oh no I, I just mean in terms of you know fox were trying to help him out then they get hit with a bill i know what you mean though. you're probably right but you know i just i just meant to be funny to be fair i wasn't being serious um dominion chief executive john paulus told a press conference that the deal included fox admitting to telling lies causing enormous damage to the enemy company justin nelson a dominion attorney told reporters of truth matters lies have consequences he added over the last two years a torrent of lies swept dominion and election officials across america into an alternative version alternative universe of conspiracy theories causing grievous harm to dominion and the country wow mr nelson added that the democracy to endure america must share commitment to facts look at him it's funny how these guys as well they live long lives in it rupert murdoch like they live long long lives the good amongst us sometimes perish but for some reason these type of you know nefarious figures they live long and fruitful fruitful lives fruitful lives you know what i mean um, opening arguments in the case had been due to start in Tuesday afternoon. The announcement of the settlement came after and explained the delay of several hours once jury selection was finished, prompting speculation that the talks underway behind the scenes. On Monday, Delaware Superior Court Judge Eric Davis announced that the start of the trial would be delayed by 24 hours. Although it gave no reason, US media reported it was given it was to give both sides an opportunity to reach a settlement. On Tuesday morning, however, both sides appeared to be digging in for a lengthy trial. Attorneys for Fox had repeatedly objected to the 1.6 billion in damages sought by colorado-based dominion categorizing the figure as massively inflated the real cost of the case fox said would be would be uh cherished rights um to freedom and the uh, press in enshrined in the first amendment of the u.s constitution dominion's lawsuit argued that the conservative network has sullied the electronic voting company's reputation by airing falsehoods about the 2020 vote being stolen from former president donald trump damn son that's a hefty bill, yo. That's a hefty, hefty, hefty bill. So yeah, Dominion got the flipping pay. Um, Fox News had to pay, and now essentially they're admitting that they are essentially fake news, in a weird way. Basically, they're admitting that they're fake news. And yeah, man, the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and fucking round. Moving on from that one, let's talk about this. We're going to switch in and out of flipping comedy stuff. This is taken from Destiny's channel and it features some panels that they did at this thing called Mindfest. So some event happened, I think it's in Austin, where they invited, you know, your usual people on the internet who are shouting and screaming about trans bathrooms and whatever else they love speaking about on the internet and they invited them all to flipping debate and whatnot. They had Alex Jones there, Destiny was there and guess who else they invited? Brian Callen. 
Brian Callen, old rinky rinks. They invited that guy over there with the fucking saggy eyelids to talk about counterculture, I'm assuming, which is absolutely hilarious considering what he went through. But um, Brian Callum was on the flipping panel talking about what he was talking about. And there's a clip here that I want to play that's absolutely hilarious overall. Um, that is really, really interesting um, considering what happened to Brian Callan and putting some context around it too. And we're going to go back and read the original article from the Los Angeles Times that speaks about Brian Callan's, you know, alleged rape allegations. But Brian Callan had a very interesting perspective on cancel culture in general and how it affects people. I thought it was very interesting. So let's play the clip. This is courtesy of Destiny's channel. Um, I think the timestamp I might have here in the comment that I left which was around 55, 54, 53. Let me scrub back a bit here. 54, 53. Yep, there we go. So uh, a young lady or young man, I don't know from this angle who it was, but someone got up on the mic and it felt like Ox, a planted question. Maybe Brian hired this lady. Maybe he paid, he paid her in spare ribs. Maybe he paid her, you know, by telling her, hey, you're my girlfriend now also. I don't really know. But this young lady or man got up and asked this question and it basically made, you know, what you call it? Brian Callan say, I take this very personally. Let's see what Brian had to say about this question. That's right. Okay, Not gotcha. yet. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Go for it. Thanks for all being here, guys. I wanted to ask, today we just have this justice system that really assumes guilt and has to be proven innocent. What should we be doing to actually get back to being innocent until proven guilty? And is social media part of that problem? Yes, it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem because what happens is the minute you're... Yes, it's a huge problem. What happens is it's a huge problem. I love when Brian gets in his like, you know, um, intellectual, philosophical, um, reflective voice thing. Yes, it's a huge problem. Afghanistan. You're accused of something. It doesn't matter. So none of that matters. What happens is every corporate sponsor you have and everybody you Kadoosh. have business with Kadoosh. stops doing business with you because they all go Kadoosh. too sticky. So that's a huge problem. So, so due process is dead for a lot of people because yeah. the minute somebody comes up and says, you did this. And the problem with that is that that person gets a story and you get a statement and you're. F okay. This is a bit that annoys me. He says what he says, which is some truth to it. There should be due process. I think cancel culture, by and large, is a bit lame. I understand it's kind of, um, I understand its function in this society or within the current legal system, because sometimes you can't, you know, get a conviction in court, <clears throat> especially if it's after a certain amount of time. And just in general, when it comes to stuff involving rape and sexual assault and sexual harassment it's very difficult to get a conviction in the first place the conviction rates are depressingly low so i can i understand the function of council culture because if you can't get someone back in the courts get them back in the court of public opinion by basically shaming them right by basically shaming them into flipping um <clears throat> by shaming them into flipping by shaming them out of existence i understand that regard so there's something in there to be said for it but on the other side of things, I think if you're accused falsely, especially nowadays, considering that most of um, the consequences you face will be in a court of public opinion and less so with stuff to do with legal stuff, right? Very rarely are you going to see these people go to prison or anything. So if that's the case, you should fight tooth and nail to clear your name. 
the same way that Justin Bieber did. Justin Bieber's case is very unique and clearly he's one of the biggest stars in the world. But Justin Bieber had a couple of fans come out and say some stuff about him that he you know, assaulted them at some meet and greet or something. And because Justin Bieber is fairly young, he essentially had a whole paper trail of DMs and texts and Twitter DMs and Twitter posts and IG things that he basically was able to put together to prove that what they said happened didn't happen which was good, but still he fought tooth for now to clear his name. And I think with Brian Callan, when the allegations came out about him, he didn't offer any counter narrative or offer any evidence to prove that what those whole horde of women said, and again, it wasn't one woman, it wasn't two, it wasn't three, I think it was four overall, women came out with different accounts about, about Brian Callan. One said they got raped, but the other three basically said he was sexually harassing them or just being an overall creep overall. And he didn't provide any counter-narrative. That's his fault. And on the other side of things also, think about it this way. Brian Callan at that time was friends with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan offered no flipping platform for him to come on his biggest flipping platform in the world to speak his mind and to say his piece so that makes me think if one of your best friends of 20 years completely completely goes silent on you for i think for like a year and a half rogan refused to even say brian callan's name when a guest would bring up brian callan's name on a pod he'd quickly change the subject and move on he acted like that guy didn't exist when they're meant to be best friends if that's the case it makes me feel a little bit like hmm if your friends aren't standing behind you and getting behind and, and kind of, you know, supporting you and, and, and letting you say your piece and you're not going out of your way to say your piece, it makes me think there's some truth to it. And then also remember, at the time when it happened, Brian Brendan even went out of the way to remove flipping Brian Cannon's name from the freaking bio of the podcast on flipping Apple iTunes and shit. The little description of what the Fire and the Kid was. They removed Brian Cannon's name straight away, rebranded the show to the Fire and the Kids. So clearly, Brendan didn't go out of his way to defend him. Even when Brian said at the thing at the time when he got accused, oh, I'm going to go on TFAT K for an emergency broadcast. I remember seeing on some video, Big Up Beige Frequency, I think highlighted it. The, the, the emergency broadcast never happened. He cancelled it completely, gadooshed it quickly they did, they did a couple episodes of some show behind a paywall on patreon but all of his friends with the exception of maybe sam tripoli who's got his issues already no one really stood up for him and said no brian didn't do it they all asked him if he didn't do it he said no but he offered no counter narrative he didn't offer any evidence that to dispute the claims and also none of his friends really went out their way to stand on it and say no the brian kind that i know wouldn't do such a thing and it makes me think that there might be some truth to it. So he has a lot to blame for it. He didn't stand up for himself anyway. And now he's blaming counterculture. No, counterculture is always going to exist in some way, shape or form, especially with the way the legal system is. I think it's always going to be a necessary evil. So if that's the case and you get falsely accused, you owe it to yourself and your legacy and your reputation um, and just your family in general, looking after your fucking income and stuff, to really try and put your out your narrative out there. Also, you can't go silent. You have to attack it head on. But you can't. You can't then expect everybody else to just believe you with some like trust me, bro defense. It doesn't work like that. Fucked. So if you are in a certain industry and somebody makes an accusation about you, see you later. And it doesn't matter how old that accusation is. It could be thirty years old. But go fuck yourself because every corporate sponsor goes. I can't. Sorry. Love you. But we can't do it. And that's a huge problem. So anybody thinks we still live with in a, in a society where you have, and it, what it does, it creates an atmosphere of terror. People are terrified because I'll tell you something. Everybody's <laughs> going to choose paying their mortgage and sending their kids to school and feeding their kids over a higher principle. So is that something to say, Rogan? Is that like a Rogan diss or Rogan acknowledgement? 
because I can't lie, when it happened, it did kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth seeing how Rogan didn't go out of his way to defend his friends. Because I'm a big fan of JRE. I listen to a lot of it. I started listening to maybe the JRE from like episode 400 mark around that kind of mark. So I'm balls deep into flipping Joe Rogan. And he, for the longest time before now, you know, now he's kind of on, I don't know, there's many things he kind of rabbits on about, but, you know, before the pandemic, one of the things he was always talking about ad nauseum was fucking counterculture. He would always talk about counterculture and how perversive it was and shit, right? And how he didn't like it, blah, 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 blah. And any time somebody got cancelled or something in, you know, in culture or who was a part of the culture wars, you would be, you know, you could kind of guess you know, soon after they would appear on Rogan to tell their side of the story. So it really surprised me as a fan of the LA podcast scene overall from afar to see when Kalani's best friend got cancelled and to maybe a lesser extent Chris Alia, no one went out of their way to basically defend them. No one went out of their way to kind of fight against cancel culture, especially Rogan, especially when it comes to Callan. So all that stuff about cancel culture, it's easy to do it when it was not his own friendship group. But then the moment it kind of came to his own doorstep, he quickly, quickly changed his kind of tune, completely shut up shop and never mentioned those guys again. He's mentioned Callan now a few times. He's obviously had Callan on the show um, with the Fire Companion, but I don't think he's ever uttered Crystalia's name. Do you know what I mean? So that's the thing that kind of left the sour taste in my mouth. So I can imagine what it must have felt like for Brian. But on the other side of things, I think someone said before, when I mentioned this before, that around the same time that that happened, Rogan was probably pro, was probably um, negotiating the Spotify deal at the same time. So it was just really bad luck in terms of Chris D'Elia and Brian Callan that Rogan was also negotiating the Spotify deal and he didn't want to fuck that up. And clearly when the Spotify deal was launched, everyone kind of saw the sort of like compromises Rogan had to do because a lot of the controversial episodes of like Milo Yiannopoulos and a few other people were removed or they weren't ported over to Spotify. So clearly he had to give up something in order to be able to kind of get the 300 million plus that he got to license his podcast for a few years on flipping Spotify. So because of that, he clearly chose his family and his generational wealth over protecting his protecting his friends and maybe that's what he explained maybe behind the scenes he explained to brian hey i'd love to have you on my show to defend yourself but i've got the spotify deal there's 300 dollars, 300 million dollars on the line this is going to set up my my daughters 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 for you know years to come i need to flip in take this and i can't be having you in the show that might jeopardize a deal or they just said if you have if you come on the show it voids a contract like straight up that might be a thing but again like i said because they kept talking about counterculture so much you just would have accepted expected they would have maybe stepped up a little bit a little bit a little bit and kind of helped out their friends but the fact that they didn't i think says everything you need to know about it in my opinion and i don't blame people for doing that because it is that is the biggest problem with social media and i see it all the fucking time in hollywood all the time and there's no way you can fight it and also do you blame production companies a lot of these guys production companies they don't actually have an opinion or whether or not you did the bad thing they just want to protect their investment and it costs for some reason i don't know why maybe it's the equipment maybe it's just the overinflated fees that people charge but it costs a lot of money to make films it also costs a lot of money to flip in um what you call it a lot of money to do films a lot of money to fucking create tv and all that malarkey it just costs a lot of money so if you're a production company and you're putting a lot of money on the line you're booking the talent you're putting the shows together it makes some sense if you want to protect your investment by not having somebody 
on staff who has some controversies around them who maybe has done something untowards against women or whatnot it's just not good business it doesn't make any sense it's not going to allow you the opportunity to maybe recoup any of the money you spent to put the stuff into production in the first place so i don't blame the production companies or the film studios for deciding to pull the plug on people if they do get cancelled because they need to protect the investment and nowadays hardly anybody really watches tv um the way they did in the past you know viewing figures are down across the board for the most part you're competing for with for a lot of attention with different people who you know are watching different things at the same time i don't really blame them in the slightest for deciding to protect their investment and kind of pull all sort of sponsorship or whatever it may be with these people it makes complete sense and people just go yeah and everybody feels ashamed and hangs their head even when they know even when they fucking know that this person is innocent <laughs> and it could be an, so and, and it could be in anything and we see it all the time and so I, I don't know what to do about that problem i really don't but until the money until corporations <laughs> go hey we believe in due process and if you believe that if you if you want to cancel somebody you're next you're next and the only thing standing in the way what? is the no we're not if you don't if you don't diddle if you don't sexually assault people you're not going to be next you're going to be perfectly fine like a lot of the stories that I put out there about these guys and girls were believable. Why? Because we've heard them speak in general about how they interact with women and how they act overall, or just we've kind of gone familiar with them as people. You can't do that amount of content done over the years and kind of hide your true nature. We kind of believed what they were kind of selling. So I think a lot of the production companies also believe the same thing. So him saying what he's saying now is really, really weird. Like really, really weird. Let's play again. The, the, the organization in power, which switches all the time, is going to favor you or it's going it's 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 to kind of gloss it over and move on to the next person they don't agree with. And that's the biggest threat, I think, right now. I see, I see it all the time. And I see well, I too mean, many the, people's lives get ruined as a result. The biggest one re most recently, speaking to what you're saying, is Johnny Depp. Hey, listen, man, I got a thousand friends, including myself. You know, I've, I've, I've fucking, you know, all of them, yeah. But yes. we don't we don't all exactly have the same kind of resources Johnny Depp does to fight right. back. Exactly. No, but you can still fight back. Why don't you go on your Instagram live and basically refute the claims line by line in the article and try to break down exactly what happened and offer a counter narrative? He never did that. Brian Callen never did that. He never did that. He just essentially tried to fight the defense, tried to fight the allegation with a trust me bro with a trust me bro defense and hope that people would give him the benefit of the doubt. Why should they give you the benefit of the doubt? No one knows you. Like, no one really cares that deeply, really. But if you care that deeply about your own career, your own legacy, you should be offering a counter-narrative. You really should. Thing. Exactly. And, and cancel culture is very real. And what it means is all of a sudden, you can't work and you got to sell your house and your kids have to say goodbye <laughs> to your dog because you can't find a place. I've seen this with my own eyes. But then again, you know, he's not selling his house. Come on, let's be fair. Daddy's got a lot of money. He's got a trust fund. He's going to be perfectly fine. He was paying two fucking mortgages, if I'm not mistaken, you know, at the height of his fucking success anyway. So he'll be fine. And the fact that he never really sounded like he had to downgrade himself in any kind of way, shape or form kind of speaks to that level of wealth and that level of privilege. Like he was perfectly fine. I think he's trying to paint a woe is me narrative. It doesn't make any sort of sense. And then on top of that, he didn't he eventually end up break, breaking up or divorcing his um baby his children's mother or his ex-wife and then he ended up getting in a relationship with another lady and having a baby with her sh soon after so you know somebody that doesn't have money 
that is struggling or has to sell their dogs doesn't you know jump out of a divorce where you're having to pay crazy amounts of alimony and child support and then go straight into another relationship it doesn't work like that so this worries me i was so poor i was so broke thing is lies like absolute lies i don't believe a little bit of it to be fair hollywood you know yeah that's that's actually a reason though that one of the reasons that i err on the side of a lot we don't care so let's go back to the la times article actually and see what the allegations were because i just went to refresh on what the allegations were against Brian Callan. And if it was me, again, considering I've been a fan of Fire and the Kid from the beginning, even though I'm not a fan of the show now, I, you know, I'm kind of familiar with these guys' journey. And one thing about Brian Callan is that over the years, he's always been the comic, the comedic sort of like factor of him on a podcast was that he was kind of the failed actor. Sorry, the failed kind of comedian, the failed comedic actor overall. And um, he never really kind of like, got the success that he maybe he thought he deserved or maybe you know that he thought he warranted and stuff and he had you know agents telling him that he was the next tom hanks and all this sort of bullshit so when the podcast started to blow up and he started to see some success because of the podcast success and he had to get a few extra roles a few you know auditions he started to get the get the roles like the you know the roles in joker and then he obviously had his tv series for a bit and obviously starring and scored all of these things i think in general were what was kind of tied to his success with the podcast but it was stuff that came really late in his career he didn't get it at the peak he kind of got it really late and kind of got a second or third win in his career so if that was me and i was brian callan and i had to struggle the way he had to struggle in hollywood to kind of get roles to become successful and stuff and i finally saw some success and then i was my success was threatened because of these allegations that i thought i deemed to be false or lies or just kind of made up or exaggerated i would fight tooth and nail to clear my name tooth and nail especially in the midst of the me too movement especially in the midst of counterculture and knowing what these allegations can do to a man's reputation or to his legacy in general that smudge is hard to flip and rub off i would be fighting tooth and nail to make sure everybody knows that i didn't do the thing that i've been accused of that's what i would have done if i was him but he didn't he went completely mute so let's see what the article says this is the article originally that essentially um, led to the flipping cancellation of Brian Callan. The funny thing about his article also, this came like a week after um, Chris Alia got cancelled. Chris Alia got cancelled. Um, Brian and Brendan went on the fire and the kids and started crying. Brian essentially threw Chris Alia under the bus and basically said that him and Chris were never friends. They hardly went on tour. He doesn't know him like that. He's never seen him in a social capacity. Like, try to distance himself from Chris Lear as much as possible, even when as far as deleting pictures of him on his fucking Instagram and then lying and saying he didn't and then admitting he did it and then admitting he did it and then saying he did it because he went to protect his daughter, which is a weird defense. But he did all that. And then the week later, he then gets accused of what I think is comparable, if not worse, crime than diddling, which is rape in some respects. But let's see what the article said. The article from uh, July 31st, 2020 by the flipping legend that is Amy Kaufman. She essentially struck terror in the hearts of all these LA comics. Some of them ran away from LA permanently because I think there was a rumor going around that she had some crazy big piece that she was putting together that was going to detail all the crazy, crazy, crazy um, things and allegations around some of the bigger comics in LA, male ones especially. But it never came out. Um, I'm not sure if she got gaggled or something, but there was rumors around town that she was putting together a real big op-ed 
takedown piece on all people because she was contacting people and stuff to get clarification on stories. But yeah, um, big up Amy Kaufman. <laughs> as soon as she, uh, yeah, this is uh, the text, the article, sorry. As soon as she saw his name, Catherine Fior Tigerman broke out in cold sweats. Her shirt damp, she scrolled through the text messages from her best friend, alerting her that comedian Chris Alia was being accused of sexual misconduct by scores of women on Twitter. She'd never watched a comic stand-up. She just knew that he was the best friend of Brian Callan, a former comedian and actor. Callan, she'd um, long told her closest friend, had once raped her. Opening paragraph of this article. Lightheaded, she logged onto Twitter to scan the allegations. She found that many of the tweets referred to uh, just to Dalia's supposed misconduct, but to his tight circle of male comedians. My first thought was, is something going to happen to Brian? Tigger in the record. Reading all the comments, I thought, here it comes. I know how terrible this person is for 20 years, and maybe I'm not the only one. Like, this is already damning, and it's already the first three fucking paragraphs. In a statement to the Times, Callan admit, admittedly denied raping Tigerman and said their encounter was consensual. So he replied his statement, but I said, like I said before, I think if he really wanted to fight his case and his career was on the line, a career that he fought tooth and nail to resuscitate, and he was only kind of getting the success again, um, you know, later down the line because of the success of the podcast, he should have fought harder. He should have just been providing statements. He should have been on Instagram Live. He should have been doing his own YouTube and really really going to town and kind of proving these women wrong in any way shape or form the fact that he didn't is really telling in my opinion Tigerman is not the only woman to say Callum was sexually inappropriate since June 17th the day that Dalia started trending on social media three additional women told the times that they had been mistreated by Callum so four in total right describing sexual in incidences ranging from assault to misconduct to disturbing comments <laughs> their stories suggest a pattern of behavior going back at least as far as 1999 this nigger was raping and creeping in 1999 bro like this is some vintage creeper um, when Tigerman called, when Tigerman said Callan held her down and forced her to have sex with him as she pleaded with him to stop in the years since, three women said the cast member of the Goldbergs continued to be both verbally and physically aggressive. An American apparel saleswoman. For me, this is the most telling one for me. Everything else, I could, anything else if it was me, no, everything else, I could see why he could say it was a he said, right? But for me, the one that really stuck out, even though the rape is super, super crazy and obviously, you know, you could just insane, this for some reason really sounded like it actually happened like i could picture this happening especially if you think about brian callan's personality and how he basically speaks and how he acts or how he basically acts or tells you how he acts in front of women this sounds so believable so this is a quote from the article an american apparel saleswoman said that in 2009 callan pinned her against a wall of a fitting room against her will and began to kiss her an aspiring actress who had a four-year affair with Callan while he was married said and told her uh, said he told her in 2016 that women have a biological primal desire to be raped. One year later, a female comedian said he suggested she give him oral sex in exchange for stage time and money. Those accounts, to me, sound way more believable off the bat than maybe a rape story because you know you don't know about that. He's you know whoever, but these accounts sound so believable. But he's got this on top of a rape and he did defend himself once. So he's on the stage 
on that flipping mind fest crying and complaining about council culture and this and that whatever it may be and there's no due process brother what do you think people how do you expect people to react to this You've got content of you out there. You've got you on shows. Remember the episode of Fire and a Kid with him and Brian, Brendan when Whitney Cummings was on there and Whitney Cummings admits that one day when she was kind of getting to know Brian, Brian picked up in a car and just pulled out his dick in the middle of them driving back somewhere, right? Like, and he basically, and she was like, oh, Brian seemed like the type of guy who had never heard no before or never took no to be serious or something and they were joking about it. That that was a real story. It was a joke. That, you know, she didn't take it um, as an offense. Whitney comments at the time, but also remember when the allegations came out about Brian. Whitney didn't defend him. Even to this day, she hasn't spoken about Brian Callen. He hasn't appeared on their podcast. She deleted their episodes. So, what do you expect us to believe? It continues. It, this is Callen. Callen denied all these accounts. He says a quote: "Let me be clear. Let me be clear." I have never raped, forced myself upon any woman, nor offered to trade station for sex, ever. I know the truth, and I can only hold my head up high, remain true to myself and my family, my audience, and I know that I will not allow the counterculture to subvert what I know, and as importantly, what they know is the truth. What weird defense is this? When your career is on the line, when people are trying to, this is how you know this guy's rich. This is how you know he's got like generational money. Like, and you know, when Touchwood doesn't happen anytime soon, but when Papa Papa Callan passes away, you can tell he's going to be left with a fat inheritance if he's not already getting fucking, you know, if he's not already getting a, you know, a flipping pocket money given to him or whatever it may be. Like, you can tell he's going to be left with a, left with a fat inheritance because if that was me and I've got two mortgages, I'm paying alimony, I've got another baby on the way with another woman that I've just kind of recently married, like, essentially, I've got what, like, four mouths of ex-wife new wife two kids and a new one i've got five mouths to feed plus whatever pets you have i'm fighting tooth and nail for my career i'm not just saying i know the truth and i know you can only head my held hold my head up high that's not happening that either proves that he knows he's guilty or that he's rich enough where it doesn't really matter so fuck it let me just take the time out to do some push-ups and some sit-ups and then come back when i'm ready or maybe both. Maybe he's guilty and he's got the money to basically, you know, sit on the sidelines for a bit. Because if I'm being accused of rape and sexual assault and I didn't do it, I'm not holding my head up high. I'm fighting tooth and nail. In recent weeks, Callan has come to defense of Dalia. Da, 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 we still knew that. Despite the assertion within days, Callan has been scrubbed from his account. Traces of Dalia. This is the funny thing. Despite that assertion, within days, Callan has scrapped his Instagram account. Very traces Chris Dalia. Previously, the comic had paid up their friendship on the app, where he has 897,000 followers, um, about 1.4 million fewer than Dalia. They appeared on stage together at Comedy Store, did stints with Joe Rogan's popular podcast, and had closed a deal this summer to mark a prank show with netflix that's probably a good idea though to be fair the prank show with netflix sounds like a terrible idea even though they have good chemistry on you know when they're doing content but you know callan doesn't have a netflix special i don't think he never he never has he was gonna start his relationship with netflix with this show if that would have gone well you never know he could have got a netflix special in the, in, in the future and all of this kind of went into because of the allegations and he didn't fight it he didn't fight it. He didn't offer a counter-narrative or anything. He just let it lie. Oh, yeah, true. You're right. Um, I am Sin. The accuser. No, he didn't pay the accuser. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Tigerman, the woman that he said he raped, 
the woman that said Callan raped her, she sued Callan. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. He sued Callan. She, you know, Callan sued her, sorry, for um, defamation or something, which was horrible, horrible, horrible optics. You get accused by somebody of rape and then you go and sue them. In a court of public opinion, you look horrendous. So that was a real bad move. In the end, he ended up uh, dropping the case. But I think he was suing her because, if I'm not mistaken, her husband was getting really pissed off about it because he only learned it, you know, later on that she, you know, his wife, you know, had been raped in the past by this comedian guy. And of course, he's kept seeing this guy's face everywhere and got annoyed. So if I'm not mistaken, again, allegedly, if I'm not mistaken, um, Tiggerman's husband was calling comedy clubs where Callum was performing. And it was alleged, alleged that he was calling in bomb threats and getting them to cancel shows and whatever it may be. So he was kind of fucking up Callan's money. And Callan was like pissed off, obviously, because, you know, and he cares about getting booked and going on shows and his money, not about clearing his name or, you know, basically understanding why the husband was that angry. And he ended up suing Tiggerman to, to make them stop calling clubs up so he could go back on road and do his shows. If I remember correctly, I think that's what happened. Um, it says here, even Tiggerman tried their best to avoid Callan since the night in 1999 um, was aware that Callan's friendship with Aaliyah was part of the public persona. Even every few years, she said against her better judgment, she'd Google his name. Inevitably, most searches linked him to Aaliyah with Callan. So, you know, like, this for me is like too much. Uh, let's see here with the account. Yeah, so um, this is the account, right? In fact, uh, Tiggerman's father, Bill Fiore, gave Callan one of his first acting gigs in a, in a role in mid-90s New York City theatre production. Years later, when Tiggerman moved to LA in 1999, she ran into Callan at a bank. He expects excitement at the prospect of showing the 23-year-old around town. So they became friends, meeting up at group dinners, trading stories about auditions. That spring that she booked a television pilot and Callan suggested she take her out to celebrate uh, dinner at Chaya, a late industry haunt. When he arrived to pick her up at the West Hollywood apartment, Callan immediately commented on her outfit. I come downstairs in these dumb jeans and a grey long shirt. And he goes, what are you wearing a bra for? Girls don't wear bras. Take it off. Record Tiggerman, now 44. She laughed it off and they got into his car. Um, at dinner, she ordered a glass of wine and excused herself to go to the restroom. By the end of the meal, she consumed only a half a glass of wine but fell off but felt nauseated and disoriented so basically suggesting that she felt like maybe someone had put something in her drink god almighty um still when callan suggested they head to a movie theater after dinner she obliged back in the car he attempted to find a newsstand where he could purchase a paper to look up showtime but ultimately decided to stop at his house to do so classic creeper move let's go somewhere let's go this place and then on the way to go to that place let's go past my house for the women out there, if you're ever in a car with some guy and he says he wants to go one place and then he decides to want to go to his house, if you're into it, of course, go. But if you're not, run. Because that's usually a, a sign of a flipping creeper. Because any guy that is comfortable chilling and kind of taking it, you know, at a slow pace and going by the flow of how the lady's going, is comfortable, you know, going on any amount of detours. Do you know what I mean? Until it goes back to a place, if it ever does go back there. Um it says here, I remember looking da, 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 at his home above the sunset trip, she says. The two sat down on the couch and Callum began kissing Tiggerman. She was uncomfortable and felt ill, so she went to the bathroom. I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, okay, you just have to tell him to take you home. This isn't going right. Um, I needed to sit with him and have a conversation about how we were best buds and I was in love with another dude. 
But when we emerged, when she emerged from the restroom, she said Callum was immediately outside the doorway, loitering, waiting. He moved behind her, staring at her in the mirror. Look how hot you are. You could be a Playboy playmate. This sounds like something Callum would say, allegedly. You'd think so, right? This, like, look how hot you are. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh, but fucking hell. Within moments, she said she found herself in a bedroom where he pushed her down the mattress. As he ran his hands over her body, she said she kept saying no. Her mind drifted to a crime show she had recently seen on TV in which a woman repeated her name aloud to abuse her and attempt to humanize herself to him. So I said, I'm Catherine. I'm Catherine. It's me. Please. This is not what I want to be doing right now. And he's like, you're going to love this. Hey, big up uh, Angel Reagan. As do you remember a story that Rogan used to tell long time ago about how he set up a girl on a date with a friend of his named Brian? She called Rogan the next day and said your friend Brian came inside me when we had Yes, yes, it, it cut off, yeah. Came inside me when we had sex, yes, for sure. Um Angel Angel Reagan, thank you for the five dollars donation, man. I appreciate you. Yes, of course. And that story, if I'm not mistaken, that story was um a story that Brogan told to Eric Weinstein to try and, you know, to try and be funny. You should see Eric's face throughout the entire thing. He's like, uh, okay. Eric is super uncomfortable. But Rogan thinks it's hilarious that he set up, um, yeah, I think the story goes, Rogan's ex or one of Rogan's old fling, flings hit him up again, said, hey, do you want to meet? Rogan's like, nah, I'm I'm take, I'm spoken for, but I've got a friend I can hook you up with. And she hooked him up to, with, with, with Brian Callen. And then the next day, the friend calls Rogan frantically saying, your friend's fucking horrible. I told him not to come inside of me and he did. Like, absolutely horrendous man so yeah the the friends knew everybody knew um so him screaming about you know being cancelled and all this stuff is nonsense um so yeah so Kath, uh, she said um to humanize herself she said her name repeatedly um the quote here said so i said i'm Catherine. i'm Catherine. it's me please this is not what i want to be doing right now she said and he's like you're gonna love this we're just going to get this out of the way you're going to love this you're going to be my girlfriend doesn't this sound like something that you would associate with somebody who is similar to the character of Brian Callen? Somebody that purports to be that character on podcast would say something like this. You're going to be my girlfriend. Um, she felt powerless. If she screamed, she feared no one would hear her um, from his private home. She didn't think she could escape from under the weight of his body. So she checked out, eventually ceasing her pleading and remaining silent. This is not how Callan remembers the incident. He stressed to the Times on Thursday that Tickham's allegations of rape is demonstrably false. Okay, demonstrably false? Demonstrate why it's false then. Saying that he had both, they both agreed to have sex. Tickerman said that after the encounter was over, she immediately began crying and searching for her underwear. Her buttons had been thrown to the ground where Callan's dog had chewed holes in them. Oh my God. Noticing her tears, he tried to calm her down. Oh, come on. What am I? A big bad rapist? I'm not a big bad rapist, she said. Come on, you're going to be my girlfriend now. We need to get this out of the way. Fucking hell. That quote is crazy. Oh, come on. What am I? A big bad rapist? I'm not a big bad rapist. Come on. We're going to be my girlfriend now. We needed to get this out of the way. Crazy. Khan did not respond to a question about this comment. Again, see? So he responded, said it's demonstrably false, but he didn't defend himself on this. All egregious shit. And I guess that's the Tiggerman lady there. 
Tiggerman told Callan he needed to drive her home, which he did. Back at her apartment, she called her best friend and him, and then her boyfriend, Rina Romano, both of whom remembered her distraught phone calls and corroborated Tiggerman's account. Romano drove to be drove to be of to drove to be with her, um, but she was so upset she wouldn't let him to touch him. She wouldn't let him touch her. So, the time that it happened in 1999 or wherever it was, right? She called her two best friends and said, you know, cryingly over the phone, "I think this guy may have raped me." And they both corroborated this account from 1999 when Callan was a nobody, you know in better so you know maybe he was maybe he was on on that show but he wasn't as famous as he is now so it wasn't like she was like trying to you know get money out of the guy or whatnot or get a moment or whatever it may be cancel culture in that respect didn't exist the way it did, does exist now so the fact that these people can corroborate that story and remember that what that what happened with that phone call it says here i just wanted to kill the guy romano record I tried to gently encourage her to do something about it, but she insisted it was better to put it behind her. Indeed, Tiggerman acknowledged she threatened to break up with Romano if he told anyone what he told what she told him. She feared that if her father found out, he would get into physical altercation with Callan and end up in jail. And the idea of going to the cops submitting a rape kit felt too physically invasive. So she went alone to get pregnancy tests and an STD test. Jesus Christ, man. Eventually, Callan stopped calling, but Tiggerman will go on to confide in those closest to her about the alleged assault. Within a year, she had shared the story with a few fellow actresses. Her husband, Gabriel Tiggerman, heard the story early on on their courtship in 2006, and her best friend, actress Jenny Wade, learned about the incident in 2014. All three confirmed these accounts in interviews with The Times. That account alone is absolutely wild legitimately wild the other one is the one with the american apparel woman let's see if i can get that up quickly and then we can move on because this is a bit you know this is a bit sad uh yeah this is the one yeah the american apparel yeah this is the one um as calendar stars were to rise other women said his brazen behavior continued in 2009 this one sounds to me the one that you should be fighting against because this sounds very believable in 2009 callum walked into an american apparel store in pittsburgh rachel green as an employee, I'm assuming a sales assistant, has no idea who he was. But her colleagues recognised him and pulled up his IMBD to show her his credits. The actor, meanwhile, had ventured into the second floor of the store, an area required employer supervision. If you guys know, usually American Apparel stores, even the ones here in the UK, they always had first and second floor, so this makes a lot of sense. So Green trailed him upstairs and helped him gather clothes to try on. He was friendly, she said, though he did emerge from the fitting rooms wearing only his boxer briefs numerous times. So she's helping him out with clothes. She's basically being like a kind of like a stylist type of thing, personal shopper. And, you know, really and truly when people are doing those type of things, they leave the clothes out for you to kind of pick up outside or they hand them to turning away. But he was opening the flipping change room, coming out of his boxes and basically, you know, flaunting himself. The following day, Callum returned to the store and requested Green's help again. This this time he was wearing a speedo. This guy's a fucking wronging man. It was one of these tight, gross little things, she said. He ran out of the fitting room to grab something, like a little toddler. Um, so I went in to get the clothes he'd already tried on. And then he comes in and pushes me against a wall. So he runs out. She quickly runs in to get the stuff. Then he runs, uh, allegedly runs behind her and pins up against a wall. 
closes the curtains and starts kissing my neck as he asks me if I'm going to get in trouble. Shocked Green said she pushed Callan off her and ran downstairs, telling her colleagues he just attempted to make out with her. I remember not really taking it seriously, which is something I felt guilty about, frankly, for a couple of years, said Lydia, the co-worker who asked um, her last name not be used. Lydia is one of the two workers, co-workers who told the Times that Green immediately told them um, something untoward had occurred with Callan. As I'd seen him on TV over the years, I felt like that was really not okay, and I tried to laugh it off. Callan denied ever forcing himself on any woman. Again, for me... If I'm Callan and my, you know, my success had come so late in life and I had these allegations against me and my literal future was hanging in the balance, alimony payments, new wife to look after, all this, all this flipping crazy shit, I'm fighting tooth and nail to clear my name. I'm not just going to say, you know, whatever he said to kind of clear his name. It, it wasn't enough. And then you can't turn around and then blame counterculture for what you're in because it's kind of all your fault, really. But yeah, that was my comment on this regard. I don't want to go over it too much because it's a bit gross and a bit of a bummer. But hopefully that helped to clear some things up a little bit and kind of give you an idea on that situation. But there's also this clip I want to play. This is super hilarious. Courtesy of the Fire and the Kids subreddit. It's courtesy of an account um, called Siphon Filterer. And it's called a Brian, Ka a Brian Callan example. And it basically says what I said in video format in a way more succinct and clearer and shorter way it's two minutes 20 as well so less rambling than mine but it's a little video compilation that kind of gives you an idea of what i said yo big up john valdez for two dollar super chat whitney said callan pulled it out on her also exactly so you know a lot of people are claiming that he pulls out his winker on people he's claiming he doesn't doesn't offer any counter narrative or any other example you know come on brother you have to give us some something to kind of go off and the trust me bro defense isn't good enough but anyway this is the um, video i want to play for you that kind of sums up my thoughts it's a brian cannon example courtesy of the fire and the kids subreddit from an account called siphon filterer this is pretty good i wanted to ask today we just have this justice system that really assumes guilt and has to be proven innocent what should we be doing to actually get back to being innocent until proven guilty? It's a huge problem because what happens is the minute you're you're accused of something, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so none of that matters. What if you're listening to this only via the podcast? Essentially, the same clip is playing over, and there's clippings of articles that feature Brian Callan's alleged rape accusations and whatnot on the screen as he's talking about counterculture and lack of due process is quite hilarious what happens is every corporate sponsor you have and everybody you have business with stops doing business with you you're looking good though thank you um, how good and this is a clip of whitney cummings on the fire and the kid early on this is the episode where whitney talks about you know brian kellen taking out his piece inside a car the one that um the the one that john valdez mentioned in the super chat I mean, like, like, like when my voice gets kind of gross. <laughs> I wish there was a meter of how many times Callan's Well, she's so immune to my sexual harassment that she just rolls her eyes. Well, due process Jesus is Christ. dead for a lot of people because yeah. the minute somebody comes up and says, you did this. And the problem with that is that that person gets a story and you get a statement and you're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Hold on. That's what I mean. Like, I think part of the reason why he didn't defend himself is because Brian Callan is rich. Like his father is like a big banking executive. You know, people will go as far as saying he's 
dad might be in flipping in Illuminati and shit. But his dad, you know, Brian Callan's dad is wealthy, like legitimately wealthy. He worked hard his entire life in his early 70s and shit. You know, he was responsible for, I, f- I forgot what the bank was called um, in the Middle East and shit. Like he's legitimately like a big dog. So, yeah, people are saying this is a CIA, uh, big up sleeping Buddha. So it makes me think if that's the case, this explains all of this. Because he's, he's able to pay 20K per month alimony and he doesn't sound like he's stressing for money he doesn't really complain about money too much he didn't try and defend himself as bad as you probably would want to if that happened to you i never really heard of him selling his house um, i think he might have moved or whatever but i don't i never heard of him like selling stuff to kind of raise some funds he still drives a tesla like life is pretty decent for brian even though he you know essentially has been eradicated from ever having a hollywood career or mainstream career ever again and he has to pay 20k a month in alimony that's a big amount like how much you have to make to pay 20k like 100 grand a month 50 grand a month like how much you have to make to pay that that's a lot of money so maybe that explains why he didn't defend himself he's just rich enough to absorb it and daddy's got the money to flip him pay the bill if needs be been sexually harassing her for well since i've known you yeah since Am I allowed one. to tell the story of our how, when you really sexually harassed me? Yeah. Oh, I love I this story. Sure. <laughs> I've heard this. Yeah. We didn't hook up, but we were um, there was this place called Westwood Brewing Company right. in um, <laughs> Westwood, and it was like this really janky. Uh, we Adam Hunter used to have yes. a room there, and then you would try to have sex with those three drunk college girls sure after I had sure after I had bombed in front of them. Hell, dirt bag over here. It's only like seven thirty, and you're like, "Can I get a ride?" Turn the wheel, like. To like look where I was going, I turn around and your dick was out. <laughs> hey, the old hey, one night we kind of got together, and I go. Can you imagine that being a move? Like, can you imagine that being a move? It's already bad enough when you have to like, when you when you do unwanted. No, when you think you read the signs differently and you move to somebody and they're like not on that time at all. But just with words, like with DMs and shit, right? Where you think you read the signs like someone's into you and you maybe throw a shot and they're like, no, no, I'm not into that at all. Zero. Like, you're making me uncomfortable, actually. You're like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah? That's bad enough with words. Can you imagine in a physical encounter with somebody do you deem to be a friend at that time also right this is not somebody you're trying to pursue it's probably a little bit better when you're trying to pursue somebody you just read the signals wrong it's still a bit weird if you say what you say but hey you know chalk up to the game but can you imagine somebody you count as a friend get into a car with them under the proviso that you're going home or getting dropped off somewhere and then you just pull out your piece <laughs> as a move as like a pickup routine or something like honestly disturbing to the max I go, look at my dick. And then probably you were driving the car and that night you were over it. And I was probably like, I want to, maybe I can figure out a way to get a blow. So well, when you're like con- but you're, the great thing about you is yeah. that, and I don't know if it's to um, sort of manage if it doesn't work out, mm. but from what I remember of like <laughs> kind of hooking up and I was like, get out of my apartment. No, seriously. Yeah. yeah I was, but probably, I, did I, was get, I was for sure trying to have sex with you. But here's friend. what I did glean is that you do not hear no a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I do know that. Yeah. Or you don't listen to it I don't <laughs> that first compliment is pretty decent right you don't hear no a lot so that means you're like a good looking dude who's because i'm sure that happens as well right i'm sure in the spectrum of i'm sure in the spectrum of harassment sometimes the most good looking guys probably are the most creepiest 
as are the guys who don't get no action, like on either ends. Because if you're super good looking conventionally, like all the women, like most women would like you, but then some woman doesn't like you, it could be a real kind of ego killer. It could really kind of dent your ego. It could throw you off a little bit. And I can imagine you go into a bit of a spiral, like, you know, trying to get them to like you. Like, why, why don't you like me? Every girl likes me. Every girl wants me. And you get a bit creepy. You get a bit harassed. You get like, you know, you harass them. You start becoming a little bit too much and stuff. That could happen. Also, on the other side of the end of the spectrum, if you don't get no girls whatsoever, you have no experience, you have nowhere to calibrate your flipping, you know, approach and what's appropriate, what isn't appropriate. You maybe say stuff that you shouldn't say, make people feel uncomfortable too quickly, wherever you may be. So I can assume that's a thing. So that first compliment is a compliment, also a little bit of a backhanded compliment because it's like, hey, you're the good looking good that, that most women like, but you also don't take no well because you're used to getting yeses but then the second thing is like you put you don't listen to it is brutal that second little clear up is absolutely horrible let's hear it again you do not hear no a lot yeah i not. do know that yeah or you don't listen to it, I don't listen to it. <laughs> that's not who i am that is not what that video of him at home with his eyes darting around the place that was fright that was a frightened guy that was him being backed into a corner, like wondering what was going to go on. Like he was manic. That was a manic episode there. I, that's not something I could like, oh, do. Those are things not never the things that I could I couldn't oh do. Those are not things. Okay, but who are you texting? Oh, oh! I'm sorry, dude. Man, you don't have to shout it. Oh, all right. Chicks! Ah, it's obnoxious the way you wind up, bro. <laughs> that is not how I have ever lived my life. <laughs> Anyway, fantastic um, compilation. Uh, big up the flipping uh, Fire the Kid guy who put that together on the subreddit. Appreciate you for doing that. That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. It is called, it's on the Fire the Kid subreddit. You can find it yourself. It's called the Brian Callen, a Brian Callen example. Sorry, it's called a Brian Callen example. It's by this user called Siphon Filter. So check it out if you haven't already. You can see it for yourself. It's available right there, right now go and find it do not delay if you want to check it for yourself anyways moving on from that one let's move on to some other things i wanted to talk about quickly here oh let's talk about this actually um brendan's got a new joke i, I haven't i haven't heard it yet i guess i kind of got the premise i think it's to do with bud light or something but i haven't heard it in full so let's view what brian callen's sorry what brendan Schaub's new comedy bit is it's funny he's doing this stuff because I'm still going to go with the narrative and with the idea that I think that Brendan has been told categorically that the reason why he can't perform at the comedy mothership is because Joe doesn't think he's funny enough. That's my theory. I just think Joe told him at one point, hey, you're not funny enough. The The, the current kind of um, narrative or kind of theory out there uh, floated by a few people i think some people who are maybe associated with the comedy mothership out there in austin have posted on the joe rogan subreddit and a few other places they've basically said that word on the road is that rogan told brendan that adam eager is the guy to speak to he's the main booker guy and they're just too booked they've got too many people at the moment and he kind of just like you know palmed him off to adam eager and said look i can't help you right now talk to adam eager and of course adam eager has no loyalties to brendan that doesn't know him the way joe does so he's able to kind of say no easier but my theory is that brendan told him hey you're not funny now you're not at the level we need to come perform at this club and he doesn't basically think he's funny enough and i think the reason why 
is because I buy into this story that allegedly, oh no, I think, no, BGL said it. It's not my story. BGL said it. I think he told people on the live stream that Rogan told Brendan to stop putting out the flipping clips of his um comedy. Like, stop putting out these little clips because they're not doing any favours. The bits aren't good enough. You know, tighten up the bits first before you release the clips. And Brendan took that as some sort of way to... He took that as an offence for some reason and he's not listening and he decided to keep doing it anyway. So that's the reason why also Rogan doesn't want to have him on the at the Comedy Mothership because, you know, he's seen his material online and doesn't like it. Anyway, Brendan's got a new bit um, here. features on his Twitter. It's also on his Instagram. We're going to check it out here in real time together and see what lovely comedy he has for us. The caption says, Bud Light is crazy, huh? With a question mark. And it's pimp. This is the bit that he's using to promote his up-and-coming dates at the La Jolla Comedy Club for June 2nd to the 4th and also his tour of the UK, Dublin, England, which is the same thing, UK, England, but hey, whatever. Um, UK and Dublin tour from June 15th to 25th. So let's hear this Bud Light joke, this epic Bud Light bit that's going to get everybody running to go buy tickets to his UK tour island tour and to also buy tickets to the comedy store um, performance at La Jolla let's see what Rogan has let's see what Brendan has to say and let's see if this is worthy enough to get him to perform at the comedy mothership hey you want to talk about your homeless we're the American Idol for homeless we have the best of the best <laughs> you're homeless and you know what your homeless is though your homeless is fucking aggressive dude your homeless is super aggressive me and my brother are getting around town on scooters we go by one homeless guy goes, nice jeans, f it. I was like, sir, you don't have shoes. <laughs> to be fair though, I was drinking a Bud Light. I was drinking a Bud Light. I was drinking a Bud Light. The Bud Light to do it, man. It's, within the jeans is the Bud Light. <laughs> How about Bud Light? God, they messed up, huh? Boy, they just didn't leave the room, did they? They just, they don't know their audience. They had a market and was like, yeah, we're just trying to get rid of that bro culture. It's not what we want to represent. Like, do you not know who drinks Bud Light? <laughs> I don't see the problem with Bud Light, dude. I like Bud Light. He's like, dude, people are so homophobic. Like, oh, you drink Bud Light, turn gay? Get it out of here. <laughs> I'm willing to bet I'm willing to bet he didn't come up with that premise if you're listening to the joke the basically punchline of that Bud Light joke is that he pulls the Bud Light bottle up to his mouth and basically sucks it like he's giving the bottle fellatio. And as he puts the bottle down, the fizziness of the alcohol spills over and it makes it look like, you know, somebody's raised a bus. I have a feeling he stole this from somebody. This doesn't feel like something that came from Brendan's brain, that he was able to craft. Maybe the the kind of, you know, the whole old Bud Light thing as a, as a joke bit because he's trying to be somewhat right-wing, somewhat you know somewhat in that kind of state he's not smart enough or doesn't have the acumen to kind of put that together he isn't brave enough to really stand on it he just throws out little comments here and there but 
I don't think he was clever. He's clever enough to put this whole entire bit together. He might have put the first bit together, but this whole like, you know, sucking on the Bud Light like it's a dick and letting it kind of foam up and shit. This feels like something that was stolen from somebody. It just feels like it. Who's ready for physical comedy, Brendan Schaub in twenty twenty three and beyond? Physicality, physic, physicality, Schaub, <laughs> physicality, Schaub. First of all, storytelling and shit. Now it's physicality, Schaub in twenty twenty three and beyond. That was legitimately horrendous. The other thing I noticed as well, again, I don't know nothing about stand-up. I have never done it myself. So maybe I'm talking about my ass. This is maybe edited. Have you noticed how he rushes through his bits? Like, he rushes. He, he doesn't enunciate properly. And again, I don't pronounce my words properly sometimes, but he doesn't take his time to say the words, to let the words breathe to give lines some space before starting again it's all it's all like really rushed it kind of feels like have you ever given a speech or a talk at work sometimes maybe to give a presentation and then you run it through your head it's pretty easy and when you get on stage or when you have to speak in front of you you stand up your mouth kind of tightens up it feels really small and you start to get really you know shortness of breath you feel a little bit anxious and you start to rush through your words you can calm down after a while, but you're rushing through the first half. And maybe you have that, ah, that that squeaky burp voice thing going on. Like, it feels really crazy. That's how it feels like when he's doing stand-up. It feels, it feels like that. And it also, it just sounds very <laughs> super jello. He's got that Adderall cadence. Um, it kind of sounds very open mic level. That's the thing that's funny about this. He cut corners, but the corners came back and hit him over the back of the head. You can't run away from it. He just sounds very... And again, this isn't his fault. Sometimes it's just your level. But he would have really benefited from really going the conventional route in comedy. Like, he needed to go down the real... You know, how people in fashion, you have to go through an internship. Some people have to go through that. Or some people can be like, you know, Alexander McQueen and just be a, a genius from, like, university and have, you know, um, editors and socialites buying your entire graduate collection like Alexander McQueen did when he came out of uni straight away. But some people need to go through uni, they need to do a master's in fashion, they need to go and intern, they need to work under a brand, and then they launch their brand. And I think Brendan is the same. He needed to go through the entire comedy schooling or the system. And then maybe, he's still not, not a guarantee, but he would have had a chance to be funny. But the fact that he skipped that step and just performed in front of his a home crowd, the fighting the kid audience for the majority of his career kind of fucked him up man because this sounds like an open micer even maybe even probably worse than open micer like it's just terrible like 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 that guy from yesterday or the, sorry yesterday that guy from the last stream um the guy that was that I, I labeled as a uh, brendan short's brother the one that was on kill tony i know that raw ted or that retard joke reted joke was a bit corny and a little bit lame but he had a little bit more potential than Brendan didn't this thing. He seemed like he was clearly high or really nervous and anxious. But that other guy who looked like Brendan, he sounded way funnier. I think so. He sounded way, way funnier. And he wasn't that great either. 
So, damn, son. This is terrible. But he's loving it, I guess. Let's see the comments, actually. Let's see what the fans have to say. Um, The Rinks, are you going to the London show? Of course I am. Of course I'm going. I'm going to the London show and I'm going to report back. You're going to hear me talk about it on the live stream. I'm going to report back. I might go there in a disguise, though, just in case um Jay comes after me, innit? Shark Eyes, Dolph Smile, whatever he's called. I might have to go there in a the, in the, in the, in the disguise. I have to wear... um. I have to put on the Eric Griffin mask, innit? What's the Eric Griffin mask? Did you know the Eric Griffin mask? Um, what's that? Um, glasses with nose and moustache. I, I have to put on this Eric Griffin disguise when I go there. That's what I have to do. <laughs> put on the Eric Griffin. The Eric Griffin disguise and then no one, no one will notice me, right? Put on the Eric Griffin disguise and no one will notice me. And put on one of those hats as well he was wearing. One of those fat man hats, right? Wear a fat man hat, Eric, Eric Griffin disguise and no one will notice me. When I go to the Brendan Schultz show. <laughs> like, who's that guy? <laughs> anyway, let's see the comments uh, after flipping that amazing flipping. What was that? That amazing um, clip. Actually, let me get a screenshot of him gagging the thing so I can use it for a clip when I eventually clip this up because this was absolutely horrendous. I had to put myself through this absolutely horrendous nonsense. Let's actually get a clip of him gagging the flipping bottle. Like, what is this? This is This is comedy, right? This is this is the height of comedy. This shit is. Look at this shit. What the fuck is this, man? This is what he spent all his time writing. Right? This shit. Look at that. <laughs> this is comedy. <laughs> There's only 1,000 of them, right? Thank them, as Joe Rogan said. There's only 1,000 of these guys. Only 1,000 true comics. Thank them. Thank them, thank them, thank them. Look at that. Fuck me, mate. Anyway, uh... Let's see the comments from the fans. What do the fans say about that? About that um, deep throat in Bud Light. Stolen joke. FIFA Sutherland strikes again. Oh, FIFA Sutherland. So he did steal a joke. Okay, I didn't read the comments before. So I had the feeling that joke was stolen. I think the first part he probably did himself. But the second part, I think that comes from somewhere else. You stole that bit from Nathan Lasher. Who, who the fuck is Nathan Lasher? Who the hell is Nathan Lasher? Let's see who Nathan Lasher is. Nathan Lasher, who the hell is that? Is he on Instagram? Who's this? Nathan Lasher. Who are you, sir? Oh, people are saying in the chat even he stole the joke. He stole it from Brezza. Oh, is this the guy he stole it from? Look, he's got a beer in his hand. Is this Nathan Lasher? Is this him? What's this about? I see. Four days ago. Thank you for the guys. Everything. Let's keep it going. Comment below. Anything you'd like to see. Bud Light. Funny trending. Okay, let's see this. Well, hey, just wanted to thank you guys for uh, 200,000 likes and almost 7 million views. Okay, cool. It's not that one. Maybe it's this one. Is it this? What's the bad light joke? Is it this? Yeah, maybe it's this. So everybody been fucking saying, dude, that Bald Light sponsored a tranny or some shit, dude. And uh, apparently it makes you gay. I'm like, the fuck, man? Been drinking Bud Light for fucking years, man. And I don't see how it makes you gay. <laughs> you see, that's actually funnier. Even though the joke, the setup isn't what it is, but the end of it, the punchline of him actually gagging on it and spitting a bit is actually funnier. That's actually funnier than Brendan's joke. And it's like 10 seconds.
30 seconds, if that. Fucking hell, Brendan, man. This joke isn't even that. This joke isn't like. It's good, but it's not like steel. It's not like steel worthy, you know? You should be able to think of this yourself or the premise of it slightly. Do you, do you just know what I mean? Am I making sense? Like if, if it was if it was me and I was stealing a joke, right? Which I obviously wouldn't, but if I was, it'd be something like worthwhile to steal. Something that you generally couldn't come up with. But if you could come up with it it's in, within your wheelhouse, you should you should be you, you should feel ashamed stealing it. Because if you didn't think of it yourself, you have to kind of give his head a wobble. Like you should be a little bit disappointed to think of it yourself. Or the general premise of it. And again, he did it he did it terribly anyway. That setup was so long, so dragged out. And the guy went the extra mile by actually gagging on it himself a little bit. But Brendan couldn't do that. He couldn't embarrass himself that much. Wow, he stole it. That is crazy. So big up Nathan Fisher. Check him out as well. Um, subscribe to him. He's on Instagram. That's his name there. Big up Nathan Fisher. What? Let's actually see his, let's actually see his thank you post, actually. What did he say in his thank you post? Oh, man. Well, hey. Just wanted to thank you guys for uh, 200,000 likes and almost 7 million views. Shit's fucking nuts. And uh, never thought that shit would happen. But uh, thank you guys a lot. And I'm going to try to keep making funny content for you guys and keep it rolling. Comment down below stuff you'd like to see. And I'm not going to try to milk these trends because, you know, that, that shit's fucking stupid. And, <laughs> yeah, we'll make some original stuff and keep it rolling. Thank you guys. Now, he, see, he seems nice. He's getting a like from me. He seems, he seems lovely. Jesus Christ, Brendan, man. What is wrong with you, brother? So, yeah, that's incredibly uncool. The likes as well. England is part of the UK, sunshine. <laughs> exactly. This is brilliant. Some person says, this is actually good for stand-up comedy live. I've seen way worse. At least it flows. Honestly, the bar, the bar for Brendan is so low. This is actually good for stand-up comedy live. I've seen way worse. <laughs> That's the biggest backhand compliment you could ever get from somebody. I've seen worse. At least it flows. <laughs> Why not Joe? Why won't Joe invite you to the mothership? <laughs> wow, Brendan, you're just so funny. You funny little guy, you. That Bud Light bit was solid. Will Redband, Carlos Mencia, you for stealing the jokes. Great bit. Better find a new sponsor, bro. Not the spaceship. You remind me of Eric Stone Street in Modern Family. Who's Eric Stone Street in Modern Family? I don't know. I don't watch Modern Family. Um, clearly, because I'm not white. <laughs> uh, when you coming home to Denver, another one, you stole Bud Light from a TikToker. There's no way you didn't see that. Oh, it's a TikTok joke. Nathan Fisher's on TikTok. No way. No way. Nathan Lasher. Nathan Lasher TikTok. Oh my. How many views has he got on there? Because he's got half a million on there. Let's see if he's on here. Oh, Brendan. What's wrong with you, man? Yeah, there he is. Look, he's there. He's there. Look how many tags he's got on it. He's all over there, right? Look, there. From Is his name Benny the Jet or is his name Nathan? Okay, his name, he's got his tag there. Nathan Lasher there. Oh my days, Brendan. So he probably saw it on TikTok or something because I'm assuming he's on there now, especially since BGL is off the team. 
he needs some new material to kind of mine from and dig into. So for sure he's on there. Let's see if let's see if let's see how many views did it get on Nathan Fisher's account? I'm assuming millions. That's probably why you probably saw it. Let's check this out here. Oh, bloody let's just do it. At Nathan Lasher. Okay, he's not on there, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You get the gist. Um it's okay, that was funny. UK Dublin then England. Uh it could be the same. You came a long way from Showtime. Don't come to Wales, be great country, never come here. <laughs> Don't come to Wales as well. Wales <laughs> spelt like the <laughs> spelt like the the sea beast, right? Or the land beast, sea beast. Don't come to Wales, be great country, never been here. Uh, hell yeah, brother! Stealing jokes is on brand for you. Can't wait till you get sued, be. TikTokers aren't comedians and TikToks aren't stand-up. I think it's free game if you make it funny on stage. What? So this person's encouraging Brendan to steal jokes because it's from a TikToker. It, in my opinion, it's actually more embarrassing if you're a stand-up comedian and you can't come up with a joke yourself and you have to steal it from a TikToker. That's actually more embarrassing. Maybe I'm, you know, talking out my ass there. But I actually think that actually says more about you than them. Joe Rogan, are you going to call your boy out for stealing jokes? Yo, that red table was made specifically for Gallagher and the black box on the stage was from the original stage where the greats performed. Dope show, man. Come back to LTATL. To prove I'm not just being some hater B, I wanted to let you know since I know you are really serious about any copyright infringement issues. All right, tag the Instagram of Nathan Lasher. Brendan Mens Brendan Mencia. Oh my days. Brendan Mencia. Wow. FIFA Sutherland strikes again. I like how they call him FIFA Sutherland. That's amazing. It was all bad, but if I had to give a compliment, that final visual gag was hacky, but still the funniest thing I've seen you do. But the funny thing is, he stole it. He stole the funniest thing about the show, about the joke. The funniest thing he stole. God almighty, Brendan, man. The joke isn't even that good. You couldn't come up with that yourself. Awesome. Looking forward to seeing you live. You look so uncomfortable and stiff. You make me feel uncomfortable just watching you. That's a stolen joke. Was on TikTok and the guy called you out on Instagram. Oh, did he? I got his Instagram actually here. Did he call him out on Instagram? Let's see here. Did he call him out? This is a joke. Let's see if he called him out. Nathan Lasher said something. Or did he delete the comment? Where is he? Is he on here? Da, da, da. No, I don't see that. Oh, there he is there, Nathan. Yeah. Pretty fucking Bud Light of you to steal my joke, dog. 818 likes. He's no way he can't have said. He can't, no way he couldn't have seen that. No way he couldn't have seen that. It's the most liked comment on there, isn't it? Wow. It's, has it got more likes than the post? No, it's got, okay. The post has got 5,975. Nathan Lasher's there, bro. Oh, 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 this is so bad. The joke isn't even that good. 50 replies. Oh, come on, Brendan. You got to do better, man. You got to do better. What are we doing here? Water, weed, dune, hair. Come on, brother. This is so horrible. Just when you think he's actually writing and doing something, it then turns out he's not. 
Ay, 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 ay. This guy, man. This guy's beyond help, really, to be honest. He's beyond help. Knowing all the attention that's on him, knowing all the people that kind of microanalyze and stalk him all over the internet, a whole subreddit dedicated to flipping shit on him every day, you'd think he'd be a little bit more careful, innit? And be a little bit more, you know, I don't know, just have a little bit more flipping discretion in his stealing or whatever it may be. But nah, nah, he just goes. He just goes. Fucking hell, mate. Fucking hell, Brendan. Anyway, whatever. Move on from that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Johnny Doman. Lock him up. Lock him up. <laughs> oh, lock him up. Lock him up. Fucking hell, man. Lock him up. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on from this one. Uh, uh, What's the thing called Papa Beg the Differs? <laughs> okay, Papa Beg the <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. Anyway, move on for that. Let's go on to the... Let's go on to the main piece of resistance. Let's check out... I want to check out here. Let's check out... Should we do a little bit of the short show? And see what he's saying there? A bit of a horrid one to check out. Or should we... Yeah, let's check out the short show. Let's see what Brendan's saying on the short show. Let's hear, let's hear him speak about some stuff. So this is Brendan Lay episode of the Shop Show, episode number three three two. Let's see how we lo- we last on here. Let's see. Or see how long I last watching this horror show. Okay, let's check this out. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. It's a huge test for Jake. Because the volume of Nate, the chin of Nate, it, it you know, and after I was one of the first came okay, this Hey, April seventeenth, how is it? What is poppin' family? Kids say fam, I say family. It is Monday, April 17th. How is everybody? You good? There's a reason if you're watching this right now on YouTube. If you're listening to it, you can't tell, but I have two pairs of nuts hanging off my eyes. Your boy's exhausted. You look at that every you look at that all the time. And I'm still confused. I think someone said in the stream chat before that it's because he's got kids and he takes his kids to school. Which makes sense. That's nice, admirable. But you've got a job where you can make your own hours. You know, you don't do you don't do like me and you know set a stream up for flipping twelve and then turn up at one. But essentially, you can turn up whenever you want. You can make your own schedule. If that's the case, if you have to take your kids to school, why not come back, have a cold shower, have some breakfast? I don't know. You know, freshen up a bit before you record. Why do you have to call straight away when he wakes up? Because he's clearly not a morning person. And maybe he's like drinking at night and shit. He's out on the town, out on tour, working or whatnot, drinking all the tiger whiskey by himself. Like maybe he's just hungover. But I just don't get the need to kind of get straight into the flipping podcast studio to record this because this is without a doubt one of the worst shows that he has. This Shub show is the worst example of him ever. Worst, worst quality. Even if you're a fan, you can't say this is the best show. This is definitely his poorest product my uh oldest son who's seven big t-dog uh he recently has asthma and then he, I, I don't know if anyone does anyone have asthma in there no he had an asthma attack at one in the morning which is pretty scary when your critter turns blue so your boy was up till about four in the morning had to rush to the emergency room and they gave him some you know they do all these tests and calm him down and get his lungs back to normal but mm-hmm. no soccer today no soccer today 
So that's how it goes, man. Life of a dad hanging out at urgent care till four in the morning. Hell yeah, dude. Right on. Beast of a dad. Never met him. Asthma. Not. Build the body bit of news. They didn't give him CBD to fix his asthma. <laughs> uh, use my code Shorb Asthma 20 to get. <laughs> Take care 20% off. (laughs) That scam was fucking horrible, man. Honestly, that scam that he ran before, man, with his kid having what is it, epileptic pics or something. I don't know what it was. I don't know. It was just it was a it was a horrible scam. Horrible, horrible scam. But yeah, big up him. Not fun. Uh fresh off the plane from Atlanta, Georgia. Shout out to Atlanta. Uh, survived the Linux Mall. Survived the Linux Mall, and they also have one of my favorite um, steakhouses. Their little alley is fantastic. Chin came there. Chin yeah, came man. with us. We went to uh, the Georgia Aquarium. Went to the Georgia Aquarium. Um, we got hooked up too. We had the like the behind the scenes tour, which is dope. Yeah, it was fun, right? Mm-hmm. My boy Taylor at yeah. uh, Seachum, who and Seachum is like the. Uh, Seachum is basically like the Coca-Cola for fish products. Like they uh, supply everyone. They're super great products, especially if you have uh, home aquariums. I took this picture because I'm a nerd about this stuff. I'm way too into fish tanks. My fish are. How could you be a nerd into something when you just ru- when you just ruin it and you kill all the fish? I know it's a common theme with like older men who kind of have no hobbies. Usually fish tends to be the thing. But the ones I've seen on Reddit, the actual people that have, you know, actual tanks and stuff at home, they take it very seriously. They take pride in having really clean tanks. They take pride in, you know, ensuring that the fish are healthy and don't die and shit. It's not just some like slapstick shit. But for the most part, all we've heard is him just catching body after body in his tank. Buying all these exotic fishes, putting putting like you know, breeds of fish together that aren't meant to be together and shit and just and a complete catastrophe. So saying your balls deep into something and really into something when clearly everything so far that we've seen that demonstrates you doing it, you're terrible at, is a bit, you know, a bit crazy to say that, to be fair. He's clearly not good at this fish shit. They're thriving. Uh, the Iruana's getting so big. Your boy's going to have to upgrade his tank. It stresses me out. I think about it every day, all the time, because yeah, it's so big you have to get a giant tank. That's a straight humble brag. House is so big, tank is so big, dick is so big, everything's big. Man array there. Uh, they had a tank that was, I think, what did they say, one point two million gallons. Oh, really? Andre J said he was dumping fish into his tanks without cycling, and they died from um, um, was that ammonia poisoning? God Almighty, that room must smell crazy. Because I'm, I've known of some kids or some guys before I grew up with who would have fish tanks. You know, a lot, a lot of people find it really calming and whatnot. Um, and, it already, and and they would clean their tanks quite often, but it will still smell funky. So imagine what his room must smell like, where the fish tanks are. Oh, God. Alan? It was something insane. Yeah. And, and then uh, I like, because we had like a behind-the-scenes tour because of our boy Taylor, but I like to see the, the setup, the filter systems they use. <laughs> oh, Tom, he pisses in the tank too. Please don't say that. I hope so. Please not. Please no. All these pipes and plums, you know, um, the plumbing's pretty dope. And just how they get all the filter and all that stuff. And then the lights for the reef. 
So I started recently getting into saltwater tanks. Haven't pulled trigger yet. Looking at a Red Sea Aquarium. So we'll see. It's a big commitment. Got to be honest, fellas. But the lighting to keep the, you know, in nature, like in the ocean, the those corals need to thrive in a certain kind of lighting. So you have to purchase those lights at your home. Well, just each light is around $1,000. Right? You, look what he's talking about. People talk about cycling, right? In terms of the flipping, cleaning the water and cleaning the tanks and shit. How often are you meant to cycle a flipping um, fish tank? For those of you guys who are familiar with having, um, you know, fish and shit. Like, how often are you meant to do that? Every week? Every other couple of days? Like, you never heard him talking about that. All he's speaking about is getting a new fancy tank with new fancy lights and shit. But when have you heard him kind of, you know, maybe improving on his flipping overall cleanliness? of that tank and cleaning it regularly or whatever it may be or replacing the water whenever it may be he's just fucking talking about lights and flipping gadgets and shit or you know it's just another it's just another way of like i don't know it's just strange depends on his stocking or what he's stocking and a filtration system so yeah it's it's case by case but it seems like it needs you need to kind of pay some attention to it it's something that should be on the front of mind but this man is obsessed with fucking lights i think his fish I think the fish thing is just a new bit for him to have something to talk about and try to find some funny, Tom. Yeah, also, I think it's also that, but it also is maybe something more sadder. It also is maybe legit has nothing to do and he doesn't want to hang out with his family. <laughs> like legit, like because he seems to love being on the road. Like most comedians, they don't like being at home. They want to spend as less time as possible away from their families. A lot of these guys, I think even Brendan admitted in a jokey, jokey way that he'd go out of his way to kind of book loads of shows back to back to back so he doesn't have to spend time at home all the time. And whenever he does have to kind of be at home alone and the wife goes out and he has to kind of look after his kids, he makes it into such a big deal. Oh my God, I had the kids all by myself this week. Da, 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 because he doesn't necessarily have to do that. He has to kind of, you know, he's kind of just flies in. He's the cool dad buys cool stuff, hangs out, watches TV and goes out to do shows. So I think these hobbies are like ways to kind of get away from the family and just spend a lot more like alone time, <laughs> which is pretty weird to be fair that you want to spend that much time away from your family when you actually have a legit family at home. Like you want nothing to do with them because you don't understand Spanish or something. I don't know. Oh, this is fucking hilarious. Is my thing loading again? I have $600,000. Look at their lighting just on one freaking aquarium. And they were gigantic too. Huge. Yeah. And I asked the guy, the tour guide, I'm like, hey, how much is lighting? Of course, Chin, Chin fucking serial killer is into it too, isn't it, right? He knows all about fucking dumping fish, aka human remains and fucking water in it. He knows all about that. He's like, I have no idea. Do you know anything about lights? I'm like, I know just for a home aquarium, one stupid little bulb's about a grand. <laughs> He's like, think what that is. I'm like, oh, dude, I don't know, 500,000 bucks just in lighting, just to get that tank popping. And that's their small tank. Gotta be honest, felt bad for the for the what was it the 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 white uh, kind of whale things. Oh, the belugas, the belugas. Yeah, that was that was. He's, like, he's just big enough for them to turn around. I was like, <sighs> sucked. Yeah, they're so a, cute too. That's bumming me out, man. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. But shout out to Atlanta. Thanks for coming out, y'all. We got a clip coming up today about Atlanta and Bud Light. Should be a fun one. Uh, <laughs> Hella fun, mate. Great bit. Never met him. Some great UFC fights over the weekend. 
Y'all must have forgot about Max Holloway, son. Y'all must have freaking forgot. This is one of those things that the UFC does, you know, with Arnold Allen being undefeated in the UFC. Not undefeated overall. I think he's lost, he lost once before this back in the day, but undefeated in the UFC. So, kid's definitely a prospect. He's my dark horse still to become world champion. But some, you know, the toss a young lion, a young, young London lion, Arnold Allen, uh, to just a, a veteran who's been around forever, former world champion. This guy is meant to be again, like just just imagine. This should be his premiere show. This should be the show that is just easy, easy, easy to just like do with your eyes closed. Former professional athlete, legit professional athlete, even though he wasn't, you know, he didn't play at the highest level in football, he still did what most people couldn't do and get on the practice squad, a couple of walkouts, whatever it may be, legit. Fought in the UFC, even if he wasn't good, he still did it. He got a couple of good wins under his belt, knocked out a flipping legend like Krokov and had some good fights, got knocked out a few times, but still he fought at an elite level. And he's been in the sport for a while, right? Training and all that malarkey. This should be the premier show where he's able to offer in, you know, unique insights into the sport, into what it means, into this, into that. Like kind of like Chel Sonnen does, right? Where it's maybe not super analytical or whatnot but he offers a real rare insight into what a fighter would be thinking right kind of gives you that kind of perspective goes off on tangents but it's done in a really kind of unique chel sonan way you know what you're going to get from him when you go and check out his sort of card breakdowns or fight breakdowns or whatever it may be this is just like blabbering like nonsense this is even less than a casual level that he likes to always kind of insult because I think a lot of casuals know their shit now, especially with the amount of podcasts and YouTube channels out there. Everyone's got access to real bits of content and people who know their shit and people watch the cards a lot and there's clips online and most of the fight cards you can watch again for free or download or whatnot and apps. So this is even above, this is below casual level. This is horrendous, like horrendous. And, and usually... Usually it goes like it would John Jones, you know, versus a guy like, uh, um, God, John fought all the old heads, you know, like a Rampage. Or if you look at John Chael, Leona Machida, Vitor Belfour, um, sure all those guys, man. the janitor, you know, that was his first kind of mm -hmm. test. Um, for me, it was Gabriel Gonzaga. There's always the, the it's the young line versus the, the savvy uh, vets. But one thing you're taking out of, account here when you talk about max holloway's he's not one of those guys who are just, yeah he's been around since what 18 he's been around since he's 18 and we saw him develop in the ufc and become you know one of the best to ever do it in the featherweight division if not the best featherweight of all time you know the, the fights with volkanovsky would beg to differ but still you know he said it he said it beg the differ why do you think he says that wrong <clears throat> why do you think he says that wrong and no one corrects him or why does he correct himself? Beg to differ. Time, you know the the fights with Volkanovski would beg to differ. But st <laughs> do you think he just doesn't hear it properly and thinks it's actually beg to differ and not beg to differ? Best featherweight of all time, you know the the fights with Volkanovski would beg to differ. But still, <laughs> you know Max Holloway's been a staple of that division for how long? How many years? And I think the only non-title fight that he's lost was to Conor McGregor back in the day. You know, so mm -hmm. every time this dude fights, if he loses, it's only for a title. If it's not for a title, y'all in trouble. I don't care who you are. So I think the agenda here was to put over 
uh, Arnold Allen over Max Holloway, but you're assuming that Max Holloway's over the hill, and he's not. He looked damn good. His output was ridiculous. He's facing a guy, probably the toughest matchup for Arnold Allen. Wasn't crazy about the matchup, to be honest, for Max Holloway. Max got hit a lot of times, though. It wasn't a one-sided fight, I don't think. If anything, I thought the commentary, again, maybe you guys are more balls deep into the UFC MMA than I am. I was watching the fight with one eye because I was doing other things. But I thought that fight was a lot closer than what it seemed. I thought even Arnold might have taken this first. He might have even taken, Tom Arnold might have taken even the flipping last round. Especially the first, you know, minute and a half and stuff. He came out really, really fast because I think he was told by his corner that he was probably down on points. But I didn't think Max was that impressive. I thought, if anything, Arnold, you know, took it to him pretty well and he got lit up a few times and whatnot. They both got incredible chins, so none of them was, I don't think either was going to get knocked out anytime soon, but it wasn't exactly like a, he didn't ragdoll him in any way, shape or form. It wasn't like that Rosa fight, you know? I don't know. People are saying 4-1, really? What, 4-1 Max Holloway? Or 4-1 Tom Arnold? Maybe I watched it differently, but I thought the fight was a lot closer than what the commentary team made it seem to be. And it makes sense because I think DC and Max Holloway are close friends and shit. Um, so it makes sense. Okay, people are saying Max, Max. Yes, Max. Okay, cool. All right, fair enough. Maybe, maybe you all agree. Maybe I'm the redact here. Maybe I'm the filthy, 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 hoary casual. But then that was me assuming that Max Holloway has lost a step. He definitely has it. Also in that fifth round, which is the only round I gave to Arnold Allen, in that fifth round... Um, you would probably have to say if that thing lasted another 10, 15 seconds, Max Holloway was going to finish him. Because at the end there, uh, Allen lands a great, I think it was an elbow, and they're trading literally just caution to the wind, and then Max drops his ass. You know, so that could, when Max, when he gets you hurt, he's going to get you out of there. So that could have got a little rough for Arnold, but it was, you know, end of the round, nobody really fights like that for an entirety of a round. But shout out to Arnold Allen. This is the best thing that happened for him, you know, could he beat a, a Volkanovski right now? No, he's just not there yet. So I think for Arnold, it's a good learning experience for him. He went five rounds with a world-class title contender, former world champion. This is good, man. And again, this isn't boxing. This isn't like other leagues where you lose one and, you know, it's the end of the road. No, for Arnold Allen. All right. So he lost to Max Holloway. So he went to decision to Max Holloway. 49-46, I agree with. 48-47, I don't see that, but, you know. Can you maybe break down the fight? I don't know, bits and pieces of the fight that you enjoyed. Maybe moments in the rounds that maybe stuck out to you. Maybe some techniques that you like to see there. Some takedown defenses that you were impressed by. Maybe comments on a lack of grappling or something. I don't know. Can you offer something more than just this? This is the most generic, Eric, flipping, you know, coverage of a USA I've ever seen in my entire life. And the problem he has in general is that there's so many good or really, really, really good UFC MMA podcasts out there. Some of them don't even have that many viewers. Like, there's legitimately really decent content out there for people who want to, you know, watch pre- or post-fight content around UFC or MMA that this is just not up to scratch. So I'm actually wondering who actually watches this. Like, who's actually tuning into this shit? Like, who's giving this stuff 24,000 views? Because if you're bulls deep into UFC, surely there are other things that you could check out. But maybe, in, maybe I'm hating. You know, these judges are morons. But 49-46 was fair. And the two judges got it right. So for Arnold Allen, respect to the drawing board, you're just not there yet. He has all the potential to be world champion. He's just not there yet. That's okay. That's okay. 
You could be homeboy who was 18 who found the main card last weekend, and it's tough to say that. Not there yet. That that would even be acceptable at this point. It's like you're, oh, dude, you got to get jump out of the UFC, get some experience, get some skill, then come back. For Arnold Allen, it's like, no, we got to tweak a few things. You're just not at the top forward level yet. You'll get there. He has all the skills to get it done. Has a granite chin. So is Max Holloway. That's the thing. Max Holloway and Arnold Allen hits like a Mack truck for a featherweight. He lands some. He lands a left hook there, flush. He lands some knees, some elbows. Like Max Holloway's chin's ridiculous, man. Max Holloway looked amazing. Looked amazing. I said ridiculous again. Oh, like Max Holloway's chin's ridiculous, man. Ridiculous, ridiculous. There, flush. He lands some knees, some elbows. Like Max Holloway's chin's ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Max Holloway looked amazing. Looked amazing. Beg the differ. The one that bummed me out again. This is another, you know, common theme here. You had uh, Billy Cornteal, Cornteal, <laughs> who I love. Billy's so yeah, you love him so much you can't say his name properly. Cool. Much fun to watch. And before this Barboza fight, he's on a straight. <laughs> Billy, who I love. What's his name? <laughs> Great guy. Never met him. You know, rampage. <laughs> Um, with Edson Barboza, you know, you don't know what you're going to get till Edson Barboza. That knee was just so picture-perfect flush. I don't know anybody that wouldn't be knocked out by that. If you look how Billy's dealing with on Twitter, it's funny, man. It's so funny. It's so funny. He just, you know, he's dealing with the, the way you should. Obviously, you're going to get the haters out there, but those people don't matter. But he's dealing with it. He's engaging with it. He's rolling with it. Would you have done the same thing? Or would you have tried to get them all flipping sued? Like he did the fucking uniques. At least he's doing something. Trying to kind of, you know, make the pain less painful in some way, shape or form. It's probably not going to help in the long run. But because, you know, it's fire, you know, essentially no one wants to go out the way he did. But at least he's doing something. What would you have done? Haters, they do not matter. Oh, come on. You don't matter. We don't matter. Oh, no one matters anyway. Who matters? And then with Bill, he's just taking it in, you know. Taking stride and having fun with it, and he'll get back on the horse. That, that kid's a fucking monster, man. You, again, you got a young line trying to take out Edson Barboza. He's been a staple of the featherweight division for how long? Shit happens. Not the end of the world. And for, do I think Billy is a better fighter than Edson Barboza currently right now? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> he got nuts. How can you say that? How can you how can you say that? Like honestly, how can you say that <laughs> when he just got knocked out? Not to be unfair to the guy, he just got knocked out. How can you say he's a better fighter than the other guy? How does that work? But you got caught with that knee. It happens. That's what happened. You know, Edson Barboza is one of the best strikers to ever grace the octagon. Shit happens in this. But one of the best strikers to ever grace the octagon is not a better fighter than the new prospect who got caught with a knee. Okay. Game. That's why. That's why it's the toughest sport to bet on. It's by far the toughest sport to bet on. If you talk to uh, legit gamblers who make a living off gambling, they hate betting on the UFC. They absolutely hate it. Of course, yeah. There's too many ways to lose. For Billy, he lost probably the one way you could have lost. Knee to the fucking face, flush. Yeah, dude. What? You could have lost many ways against Edson Barbos, especially when it comes to striking. Why would the knee in the face be the first first thing? What? Because of the takedowns. Because it's coming up through the middle. Come on. It's going to be a short night for you. Uh, my boy Justin Jacoby lost. That was a great fight, though. Uh, Cutalabra, Tanner Bowser, ridiculous fight. Did that, I'm assuming that got fight of the night. 
because some of these uh, I was able to watch in the green room in Atlanta, and some I had to watch this morning. So Fight of the Night, oh, that Al, Al Gio and... Imagine your eyes comedy flipping show in Atlanta. Instead of kind of, you know, going over lines and bridging himself up to flip and perform, he's at the back getting drunk watching UFC on his laptop. <laughs> That's you really getting your money's worth, isn't it? Top tier content, mate. TJ Brown, that fight was phenomenal. Edson Barboza, Brand Roy Val, Gillian Robertson, all deserving. Um, the Brand Roy Val, again, I told you guys this last week. How dare you put him on prelims mm-hmm. on a fight night? <laughs> he might have heard you, though, because that's what he said at the post. Oh, did yeah, he? Post press conference. He was like, he was so pissed off to be. Yeah, by the way, what was going on with that one? I tuned into the. That was the first fight I saw on the prelims. I was like, hold on, why is this guy fighting on the prelims? He's way too good. And he absolutely. When people say, was it walking down somebody? Like, he walked down his opponent. That was brutal to watch. You know, when somebody knows they're better than you. Like, that's what it basically looked like. But what is Brendan Ruff, what is what is he um, doing in fucking the prelims? Did he piss off Dana or something? Did he demand more money? Like, what was he doing in the prelims? That was that didn't make any sense, to be completely honest. That's really crazy. Be at the prelims. It, like, it, don't ever do it again. It's so disrespectful. Yeah. A guy of his skill level and what he's earned in the UFC to put him on prelims? And then look what he did to that dude. Ranked. Demolished homeboy. Ridiculous. Why is it? Matt Riss said Dana apologized. Okay, cool. That's that's cool. I like that. What's it? Server design. Brendan said Kutlabra. His real name is Kutilaba. But Brendan's read Chupacabra. Uh, he's i don't even bother the pronunciations of the names because he's just all over the place man there's a clip already going kind of viral in the fire and the kids subreddit where he thought ethan hawk was stephen hawkins now don't get me wrong the clip is a bit misleading i don't know if brendan thought if brendan made the joke because of the similar surnames or if he genuinely thought ethan hawk was stephen hawkins i don't know but that's going viral this guy is like this guy's a multi-millionaire, by the way. Multi-millionaire, and he can barely speak English. Barely speak English. Life truly isn't fair. <laughs> the knees, the elbows, ridiculous, man. Of course, uh, Zach Cummins and Ed Herman retired. Yeah, double. Simultaneous uh, retirement. I think Dana gave him... Uh, How do you say... S- what? Say that one again? Yeah, Simultaneous, double. what? Simultaneous. Simultaneous. Of course, uh, Zach Cummins and Ed Herman retired. Yeah, double. Simultaneous. Uh, simultaneous. Simultaneous. Uh, even he's making me say it wrong. Simultaneous. Simultaneous. Uh, Zach Cummins and Ed Herman retired. Yeah, double. Simultaneous. Uh, simultaneous. Simon. Big up the simultaneous, man. Retirement. I think Dana gave him uh, both 50K. <laughs> just being like, cool, thanks for the memories. <laughs> Enjoy the CT. Thanks for memories. Um, what, what are you going to do? That's not in Dana. I'm just being silly. That's cool, too. 50K. That's pretty yeah, awesome. That's- and then he wonders why Dana doesn't like him. No, me and Dana are cool. We're best friends. No, you're not. He hates you. And Dana's more petty than you are, or more hateful than you are, actually. He's going to hold that grudge until the end of time. You're never going to be good at him. Cool. Um, our boy Clay Guida got a little bit of heat there, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have in the, the current events because yeah. 
Clay Guida, we thought was going to retire, and he used it to wish somebody happy birthday. Dana was not happy. No. No, I didn't see this. I just saw that Dana was not happy. Let me see uh, Clay Guida's take. <laughs> Here we go. Are you walking away from the game? What do you say, Kansas City? Let me hear you guys. What do you say, Kansas City? But I think Clay, to be fair to Clay Guida, He's definitely got CTE and he's also a little bit not right in the head anyway. He's not all there overall. Like he never has been. He's always a little bit, you know, a little bit, you know, you know what I mean. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take this too seriously personally, but hey. DC, I tricked you guys. There ain't no way I'm walking away yet. I want to congratulate there's more in the beginning, but he took off his gloves. He made it seem like he's going to retire. I was going to say, that's not too bad. Uh, yeah, but that was then, like them forcing on him, but oh, he did the whole... No, no, that was... He took his gloves comes. off, did the whole bit. But yeah, but Bill Algeo, the guy that was just kick, kicking ass as well, he also pretended to retire. So there's two guys that pretended to retire. That's why Dana White was pissed off. Yeah, so I don't like, I'm with one. Dana. I don't like that shit, man. Everything's going well. I got a beautiful wife. I got a beautiful baby boy at home. So I want to make this official announcement. And then was that after Clay? I don't know if it, I think Bill came in. What did they expect though? The UFC, this is the thing I hate about the UFC also. They don't pay the fighters correctly or they don't pay their fighters fairly to say, you know, to put it uh, correctly or to put it better than before. And then they also signed a deal with the WWE. What do you think is going to happen? People are going to play up to the theatrics. They're going to do what needs to be done to kind of get their name buzzing. And that's what they're going to be doing. If you pay people fairly, they won't need to do this nonsense that they're doing now. These theatrics just for the sake of clicks and views and whatnot. And maybe they wouldn't want to turn into quasi WWE characters anyway. To kind of get some eyes and attention on them so that they can improve their bottom line. That's basically what's happening here. They're desperate. A lot of these guys, you know, earn sometimes less than 30 grand a year, which is nuts when you think about what they have to put their bodies through, essentially putting their lives at risk, the money you have to pay for training, for camps, for nutrition, for coaches and shit. And they get paid sometimes as little as 30 grand, maybe sometimes less per year. It's ridiculous. Pay them more and you won't see this stuff. Before? Yeah, probably before. Yeah. So it was before. Um, yeah. yeah, Bill, and he got fight of the night, and that submission was ridiculous. That was such a good fight. That one I kind of vibe with because the Zach Cummins, Ed Herman re double retirement, like that's the kind of that's fresh in everybody's mind. So Bill just played off that. Clay Guida to do it was like, dude, it just happened, dude. You can't do it back to back. I know, it kind yeah. of ruins it. Yeah, that was weak, dude. But I love Clay Guida. He can do yeah. no wrong in my book. Sucks he lost, though. Sucks he lost. Great show. Overall, good, good, good fight night though. <laughs> ridiculous fight night. The UFC's been on fire lately, man. That ridiculous. Overall, good, good, good fight night though. Ridiculous fight night. Ridiculous. Night. The UFC's been on fire lately, man. With that Asanya fight card, now you got this fight night. Let's take a little break from the chatting about the fisticuffs, because guess what? This episode of the show. Why is he? Why is he like get more amped and in a better mood when he's reading our ads? I guess because they're paying him money. But Jesus. Top Show is brought to you by my friends at Green Chef. What's Green Chef, bro? We're not going to do this. Then plays the same game, parlay on. Fucking hell. Hard ads. 
Vasa, Derek Lewis, Maurice Green, you know, and then they have a common opponent, Alistair Overeem. See what Curtis plays to Alistair Overeem? You see him mollywop Alistair Overeem? Like, yeah. literally, big brother. Bully, MTV bully beatdown. So, um, as much as I, you know, they're not doing Curtis Blades any favors, they had nothing else to do with them right now with John and Steve Bay fighting. That's supposed to happen in Mass Square Garden, according to rumors. Um, but I do think on paper, stylistically, Curtis Blades is by far the toughest matchup for John Jones. Gives him the most fritz, too. And Curtis Blades wants that fight. My God, does he want that fight. Curtis Blades, too, if you listen to him on Food Truck, I'm sure we'll put a clip up this week leading up to the fight. But Curtis Blades' only goal is to set the all-time takedown record in the, you know, in the UFC, and he's getting close. He's going to get a bunch of takedowns Saturday. So I got who, – who's the favorite in that, Jen? I assume Curtis is a slight favorite. Let's see. Jesus Christ. One of the most boring shows in the world. I lasted 18 minutes. 18 minutes. I'm over it. I really am. I can't do it anymore. I cannot, cannot do it anymore. I'm over it. I'm sorry. I apologize. If I find clips, I have to pull them myself and kind of report them back onto the random show. But I can't do this anymore. I cannot. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. Um, and I see people in the chat mentioning Mothership. I actually got their account on here. Let's see what I'll go on with the Mothership. What's the deal? It's been a long time since I've checked in on that flipping little place. And let's see what they're saying over there on the comedy mothership. It's fast approaching, 200 people followed. I think last time I checked it, it might have been 168 or something. I'm pretty sure Brendan's still not being followed here. So, but we're going to check anyway, just to double check. Um, oh, wasn't Brian Callen there the other day for the Mindfest thing? So maybe he might have got followed back, actually. Maybe he did a surprise set at the comedy mothership maybe so let's see let's double check here let's load up way more names to load up now because it's fast approaching 200 they've got 400,000 followers verified everything's popping up over there even i'm considering going over there to austin to check this place out it's the literal comedy version of the bergheim over in berlin right my favorite nightclub in the world this is the kind of comedy equivalent everyone's going there all the big dogs want to play there it's the place to be. And um, yeah, Joe Rogan running this place and him being allegedly best friends with Brendan, you would assume, number one, he'd be following him on the Instagrams and number two, he'd have Brendan and Brian perform there. But so far, we haven't seen that, have we? So let's do the old control find and let's see if Brendan's being followed by the comedy mothership. Brendan. Let's see. Zero for him. Let's see Brian Callen zero let's just see bry zero oh my god eric griffin obviously is there yes he is finally there fear vaughn is obviously there yes he is fear vaughn i always say fear vaughn it's fear vaughn because i keep making it pronouncing it wrong it's fear vaughn but vaughn sounds so american fear vaughn fear vaughn sounds way more in my accent but yes fear vaughn is there um is crystalia there Let's see. Is Christ Aaliyah there? No. Christy D. Comedy's there only. Who else is in that group of people? Brian Kellen, Christy Sam Tripoli. Is he being followed by them? No. Sam Tripp. Sam Talent. Sam J is there. Sam Prickett is there. Sam Morell is there. Uh, Sam Lopez, whoever that is. Is that who the fuck is Sam Lopez? It's just like a cherub. 
Oh, it's a woman. Shit, I thought it was a, I thought it was a small angelic boy. Sorry, Sam Lopez. My bad. Apologies. Took that back. <laughs> um, who else is in that group of people? Brian Candler. Yeah, that's it, really. Nothing else. So they're not being followed. Unfortunately, no one from the comedy mothership is following those guys. It's an unfortunate state of affairs. What can you do? What can you do? Let's double check the Instagram and see who's been performing there. Recent um, post here featuring, I think that's Harlan Williams, right? Is that him? Is that his name? Yeah, Harlan Williams had a, the, the caption says, Harlan Williams sold out two shows on Sunday and we had a bunch of crazy drop-ins on our open mic. Oh shit, Bill Burr was there. I did, rah, amazing. Bill Burr was there. It's been a long time since I've seen him on Rogan even. Maybe he's going to do an appearance on Rogan soon. Hopefully. Rogan's there. Uh, Tony Hinchcliffe is there. Fucking hell. All teeth, no face, isn't it? Fuck me. He looks tired and awake at the same time, no? He's got that kind of face. <laughs> but yeah, big up Tony Hinchcliffe. He dresses like he plays golf. Does Tony play golf? And what kind of outfit is this? Who wears like a hoodie with a collar? Why is a collar on your... Anyway, I don't know. 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 Let's continue. Um, oh, that's the guy that rides motorbikes. I forgot his name. The black guy. What's his name? What's his name? Zoe Funny. I guess Zoe. Maybe his name is Zio. I'm not too sure. Uh, Adam Ray. Uh, is that Jesse Williams or something? Is that his name? No, William F. Gomery. Jesse Williams. I don't know. Whatever his name is. Who's this guy? Oh, Dean Del Rey. Shit, he looks different with his hat. Fuck. Okay, pick up Dean Del Rey. I really enjoy his podcast as well. He's he's really awesome. And he's another one too. He went for it the right way and he started comedy super late. He started comedy, I think, in his 40s. So way older than flipping Brendan. And he's actually funny to the point where, you know, he's getting booked to do tours and shit. Um, sells out a couple of venues here and there. Does pretty well for himself. Like, he's done really well. So big up Dean Del Rey. And that's that Hassan Minaj guy, right? What's his name? Esan Jamad. Uh, your name. Maybe change it, eh? <laughs> Let's continue. Another one killed Tony. I guess the all you garbage guys were there. And Yanis was there as well. Pretty decent lineup. That, that's probably going to be some good luck. So I'm de definitely making sure to watch that. <laughs> oh, look. This is Joe Rogan lookalike, isn't it? That thing he did, right? What's his name? Um, Jeremiah Jeremiah Stevens. That's really good. That's a really good uh, Rogan cosplay with the on his neck on its shirt, the tattoo sleeves, the fanny pack. That's really good. Oh, look, there's a comedy mothership fanny pack. Wow, I want that, mate. When I go there eventually, when I go there, um, oh, really? Carlos is saying, um, kill Tony sucked this week. They kill Tony with Are You Garbage and Yanis. They sucked. Really? That's a really good lineup. Really? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm definitely going to buy that flipping fanny pack. When I eventually go to Austin, I'm getting that merch. I'm getting a fanny pack. I want a fanny pack. Who's this young lady? Jetski Johnson. The, oh, shit, the old band, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the other guy as well. I remember the band. This is that Kim guy, right? That br br dro Rogan loves this guy. Have you have any of you guys seen this person perform stand up? Rogan has been co-signing Hans Kim from minute one. I think he's taking him on tour. He opens for him. Has anyone seen Hans Kim stand up? Is he good? What do you guys think? Like Rogan loves this guy. Like he's like Rogan rates him super, super, super high. 
What do you guys think? The band has funny dynamic, even though they can be corny sometimes. Yeah, but I agree. He's not good, says Perk Angel. I might have to watch Gil Tony again now that the old band's back. Yeah, the old band's back. It looks good. Haven't seen, but his minutes have gotten progressively worse. Really? Oh, shit. Rogan really loves this guy. Like, I remember even during the pandemic, he was having him tour with him all the time. Because I kept mentioning, remember him saying, oh, the great Hans Kim, the great Hans Kim and shit. He loves Hans Kim. Uh, oh, yeah, this guy. What's his name? D David Lucas Funny. Actually, let's see what he's... I want to see some clips of him because I don't find this guy funny in the slightest, personally. Meant to be a... What's that? A roast comic or something, but me don't find him funny in the slightest. Let's see what he's got here. Uh, let's see his... This is his crowd work, right? This is what happens when you heckle at my shows. What happened here? You want a drink? Can I get a slim fast on the rocks for this bitch? Was that slim fast on the rocks? I don't stop! Okay, she heckled and he didn't like, okay, cool. I guess. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not just sure how I feel about crowd work where you insult members of the audience. But I guess if she says something crazy, then I guess it's it's fair game. But I also find it hilarious how somebody that is weighs 400 pounds is telling somebody else who weighs 400 pounds to drink Slim Fast on the Rock. I find that hilarious. But, you know, we all got to start somewhere, I guess. Um, so who else was on there? We saw David Lucas, Hans Kim. Who else was on the list? Who else performed there? Uh, who else is who's this guy Miles the black guy Jesus Christ okay William Montgomery again cool uh, you got another Kill Tony bit here again Great Monday show Jesus man well done for the Kill Tony bits people do artwork at the same time I remember one time when I was at my old workplace I, would, I, had to, I had to set this up I was working for this art manufacturer that used to, you know, produce paint and spray paint and shit. And we had to set up an event where there was a live painting and shit. And that stuff is always fucking terrible. The artists that do it are gash. It's just a payday. People pretend like it's some, you know, interactive, immersive experience. It's just some dude or some girl painting while some DJ plays in the corner. You're pretending it's part of the flipping. You're kind of getting inspired by the beats and the environment. It's just it's some nonsense. If you can draw a paint, it's a good way to kind of make good money. You can't do these corporate gigs where you just stand in the corner and you paint stupid shit and make it kind of, you know, match the mood that you're in. And then they sell it, auction it off for charity or whatnot. But I remember setting up these events, like, you know, and getting the supplies there and making it look a certain way. But anyway, pick up the artist regardless. <laughs> Live your life. Um, more band members are Kill Tony and what's his name? Eric Person as well. So, yeah, okay, cool. Looks like it's popping off. Let's check up the Instagram quickly stories let's see what's happening there fuck you know look at the kill tony queue look at how long that queue is fuck me brian oh shit uh brian since has got like a residency there that bottom of the barrel show i'm assuming he does all the time more pictures on the inside door mats what's that beer beer mats i'm not too sure adam ray there egg person opening up person introducing who is BS comedy as a brand Simpson I'm assuming hey! 
fucking legendary show for you tonight. I mean, that. legendary. Uh, and this next comedian is going to kick it off right, bro. This is one of my brothers. I started with this guy 10 years ago in San Diego, and I've gotten to watch his career blossom, and he's now one of the best comics in the world. Uh, he's got a great Netflix special. He's been on JRE a million times. Go, guys, make it fucking loud for the powerful. Brian Simpson, everybody. Brian. Saying you're the best comic in the world when there's when you don't know all the comics in the world is a very American thing to say, isn't it? No? It's very American to say you're the best comic in the world when you don't know any other comedians outside of the United States. Like some, some American comedians don't even know many UK comedians. They think some American comedians look down on UK comedy, which is absolutely insane, considering our sense of humor, I think is pretty decent. So to say you're the best comic in the world when you're not really competing on the world stage is really funny. But I wonder why that is. I wonder, do because a lot of you guys don't like UK rap, right? I know that's a thing. Like you fucking hate the sound of my my voice rapping, <laughs> right? So I wonder, do you do you, some of you guys have the same feeling when you hear somebody being like jokey jokey on the stage, like a comedian with my accent, like speaking? Do you find it ridiculous? Like honestly, like how does it sound to your ears if you're American? <laughs> how does it sound does it sound like weird <laughs> like this uh you just say like tea and crumpets all the time no no that's it he's a quirky character he's doing it ironically okay ricky gervais is cool yeah but ricky gervais doesn't really speak for the entirety of the united kingdom you know what i mean he's uh he's a very particular type of bloke let's say that i like drill says teju it's just the accent that's comical. <laughs> Y'all just can't rap in the UK. Okay, fair play, Dark Web J. I, I do, I do flip in, um, what's that thing called? I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Damn, daddy. Miles had clever jokes. I don't know who Miles is. Y'all just can't rap in the UK. Lols, mate. You, you, you should check out my guy, Avalion, mate. Um, Check out his new album at the moment that I've fucking been pushing and standing hardcore. Uh, called God Save the Streets. Avelion, check that out. He's my guy. I'm on him 100%. He's amazing. Check him out. Um, let's continue with this one. Oh, hi, Mandel's there. Hi, Mandel. High praise, high praise. Anyway, maybe we should start doing that in, in, in flipping nightclubs. I wonder if Bergheim will ever do that sometime in the future. Because at the moment, Bergheim, obviously, you know, it's known for being really hard to get into and whatnot. I wonder if sometime in the future they will end up going to a point where they don't even publish the flipping lineups and you just have to turn up on a day and never playing's playing. 
that's pretty cool surprise you buy a ticket to go to you know joe rogan's comedy mothership and you, there may be somebody doing a flipping residency a weekend or whatever they do but you don't know who's going to be guesting that's actually pretty cool and you know it may be somebody super big someone unknown that might not that might yeah exactly how we dress like adam 22 is hilarious but yeah i kind of like that i kind of like that i'm not gonna lie um anyway moving on yeah i want to quickly talk to watch this video i haven't watched this yet this is courtesy of two ladies to try i've got a couple on there i haven't watched out actually um there's a new one here about um ethan klein's podcast with bill burr that was brutal i'm not gonna rewatch that because that definitely hurt me <laughs> bill burr was on top form but there's this one i need to check out anti kumia's fallout with bill burr because i think that's going to give me some background because the clip that i made right of Anthony Cumia going off on Bill Burr that I took from the last live stream. I don't think I've ever gotten more racially charged <laughs> comments <laughs> than I ever got by covering Anthony Cumia. I don't even know who this fucker is. Legitimately, I don't know this guy. I've never listened to ONA, Opie and Anthony or watched it. All these guys jack it off like Opie and Anthony was fucking the comedy version of the, of the fucking Sopranos or some shit. I don't know anything about Opie and Anthony. I'm from the UK. I'm super uncultured when it comes to that regard. But honestly, I don't think I've ever gotten more racially charged comments on any of my video clips than me covering Anthony Kumi. And that clip from Anthony Kumi was pretty, was pretty black and white. He was being kind of douchey to, about Bill really racist towards his flipping wife and also just being a cunt to that other guy you know the security dude it wasn't that hard to it wasn't something you could kind of defend really but yo anthony kumi's fucking fans are vicious mate they were calling me all kind of monkeys and shit <laughs> and and words. i was like hey is it the 50 cent meme what the fuck did i do <laughs> you know i mean i'm just playing a clip why are you calling me a monkey <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a whoa whoa guys chill out chill out <laughs> honestly man they're really weird um anthony kumia's fans um but yeah i don't know i don't know it was interesting az white people can be so fragile especially the ones who followed the npc creation honestly i swear to god i've never got that many and honestly like i'm not that kind of guy i, I don't i don't give a fuck you know i've been on the internet for a long time comments don't hurt me in the slightest right it's just words on the fucking screen um, if anything most of the time it's super funny especially when they're kind of you know going for it but i was reading it i was thinking okay you guys are a bit strange man but you know let it fly i'm sure youtube probably caught a few of them because they're probably being a little bit too crazy but i never delete comments ever so you know say what you want but yeah the, the anthony kumia fans are a bizarre bunch boy they came out hard for him. Anyway, let's see. Anyway, the title of the video is Anthony Kumi's Fallout with Bill Burr. It's courtesy of one of my favorites out there. Two ladies to try. Check him out. Great channel. Puts together some really cool videos. Let's see how he surmised this fallout because I don't know what led to it. I saw Kumia ranting and waving and talking about Bill Burr's black wife and shit. Like sometimes these guys, I think you can tell guys who have never been punched in the face or have never had to face the consequence of their words because if that's a real regular human being or civilian, like Jurgen has to say, you know you're going to get fucked up next time someone sees you. But because these guys are celebrities and in their own world and maybe Bill Burr's afraid that Anthony Kumi would, you know, file a lawsuit or, you know, it might fuck up Bill Burr's acting roles and jobs, future, he just kind of leaves it alone. But if you insult someone's wife like that, a regular person, like, you might die. 
You know what I mean? Like it's not that it's not that easy just to kind of say what you want. But you can tell this guy's never been involved in any real physical altercations, you know, that didn't involve him and his friends and shit. And just kind of goes around saying what he wants. But anyway, let's see the background and see what kind of led to this. All right, so in this video, I'm going to be talking about the feud between Bill Burr and Anthony Cumia and why these two hate each other so much. I don't know if they're ever really friends with each other, but obviously at one point they put up with each other and they had some good moments together on the radio. But I think Anthony even said they were never really friends with each other. You know, it sounds like he respects what Bill's done, like his comedy career and everything. But you could tell these two were probably never going to be friends outside of the show because on the show they'd argue a lot. And I'm sure outside the show would be even worse. And also the stuff they'd argue about has only become more prominent and more divisive in today's culture. And neither one of them was really going to budge on the position they had on these issues their beliefs have only been further solidified over the past 10 years even back when they used to do the radio show they'd always have disagreements about racism of course that was probably their biggest point of contention and that's obviously what completely destroyed their relationship dude there was a, there's another kid in tennessee he's 29 years old he has 21 kids and they <laughs> 22 go, women and they go oh. they, they go oh. like what, what he goes i don't know he goes it just Factual. happened God. wow yeah, was it uh, uh, somebody who is my, maybe from a background that is stereotypically known to uh, procreate at a ridiculous rate? <laughs> I think you're kind of in your own. You're in your own league when you do stuff like that. Yeah. What do you my <laughs> India? India, a bunch of people over there have like yeah, twelve okay. kids. India. You know. Yeah, I mean, we true. can steer it into the black neighborhoods again, like you always like to. All right. Let me do that now by <laughs> commenting on a video clip I saw yesterday. Um, oh, Anthony. What? No, no. They, yeah. <laughs> you know what you're like? You're like me when I was into conspiracy theory and all I did was read that supported my opinion. I already had my mind made up and I was like, see, there you go. No, no, no. This and after a while. Anthony Kumi kind of sounds a little bit like Owen Benjamin. Is that where Owen Benjamin gets his thing from? Like Owen Benjamin has that about um, gays, isn't it? He has this weird like um, thing about, I don't know. He feels like there's a cabal of like gay, you know, I don't know, CIA agents looking to fucking infiltrate and take over the world or something. I think that's, that's I think that's Owen Benjamin's thing. I think so. Are they friends? Okay, that explains it. Then. That explains it. <laughs> Anthony Kumi and Owen Benjamin are friends. That explains everything. <laughs> well, I realized that was a moron. But for some reason, but Anthony, you never have that it. moment of clarity. This, this happened and no one's talking about it. And it, is a, it is a racially based uh, 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 crime. The tea party, people were having a little tea party. Oh, yeah, that a, guy in the video? Little, yes. Yeah. They were, they were protesting and uh, peacefully protesting. And a black gentleman walked up and socked the... Maybe the one where the guy spit on him? Jesus Christ. No. Or dropped the N-word or something? No. That no one could even just, prove uh, happened. Of course. Yeah, of, of course, course not. Of course not. Those yeah. guys would never say something Breitbart like offered that. Up, Breitbart offered <laughs> $100,000 to anyone that could prove that that happened. And no one had proved that it happened. Maybe they did. Who cares? What? What? All the other Tea Party people who were around? I mean, for a hundred thousand, somebody would have would have. Oh, uh, but nanny, nanny, nanny. Uh, all right, you called him a name or something. Nanny, nanny, nanny. It's holds a little more weight than that. Punching but okay. the guy. It's not like punching the. Uh, <laughs> walking did up you to just a guy reduce you that word with. to nanny, nanny, nanny? Yes. <laughs> go, nanny, I want nanny, you to go down, still downstairs on the sidewalk, and just test out both those words. Exactly. Start off with nanny, nanny, exactly. nanny, so right. we can complete the experiment. <laughs> okay. I'll do it in front of the black Israelites that do nothing but badmouth white people when you walk past them. Right. I'm, yeah, not, that's I'm not saying that that's, that's right. right. Oh, How about I, I've dropped the end bomb on them? 
See what happens. But why is that video not getting more coverage? You wouldn't. Oh, I would. You wouldn't. What, I driving by at 60? I Don't absolutely do it. Don't would. do it, tough guy. Right now. Take out, take, put your pistol on the table, go downstairs and <laughs> exactly. do it. Now you've thrown rules in there. That shouldn't be in there. Jesus Christ. Oh, see. <laughs> so where things really went off the rails in terms of their relationship is when Anthony got fired from Opie and Anthony back in 2014 when he went on some racist rant on Twitter after he got attacked by some black lady in Times Square. And after that, I think Bill was pretty much done with him. And what made things even worse is the fact that the fans got involved and they started trying to go after Bill for not defending Anthony. And they also went after Bill's wife and they're saying racist stuff to her. Jesus so that Christ. just made things a billion times worse. And of course, the, the, the fans got on Bill for not back me up and i don't give a if bill got on or didn't get yo no offense again some someone said in the comments oh you this guy's calling kumia ugly and he's ugly all right cool let's just let's just let's just run with the narr narrative as brenda would say that i'm ugly too no problem let's say i'm a four kumia is still a two maybe a one let's even say i'm a three he's still a one if i'm a two he's a zero this guy looks like the Green Goblin. Like, legit. Like, that's a face only a mother could love. That's insane. Like, he's legit. He ha he's, he's the kind of guy who, if he's fucking in bed, he probably, like, you know, like, if he's probably, if he, especially if he's fucking from behind, he's like, like, look doing that, hands in the air, like, oh my God, I'm so lucky. I can't believe this, like, adult woman let me fuck her. Like, fucking hell. And I'm not paying. Wow. Like, I hope she's legal. I hope she is. I hope she's consenting. Like, he should be, like, thanking the stars legitimately that anyone lets him touch him. Like, he looks like he's, he looks like he baths in a fucking ashtray. His skin looks like it's rotting from the inside. Like, he's got, he's got, he's kind of got, you know what he's got? Face-wise, it's a weird thing to say. You know, he's not Eric Griffin. Eric Griffin has that like hater face. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Eric Eric Griffin has like a hater face. He has a hater face. Like there's something about him where he's the kind of guy where you know he's talking behind your back. <laughs> he's that kind of guy. So that makes you look even uglier. I think it kind of makes it kind of makes you. You kind of look like a a demon. <laughs> you know, like you look a little bit like some sort of gargoyle. You got that bit of sinister in you. You know. That kind of shit. Like, that's the kind of thing that he looks like. Like, he's got that kind of face of somebody that on a bad day, he may push you in front of a train, you know? Like, that's the face that he's got. Legit. Legit. Get on and say, hey, Anthony got fired. Serious XM. I understand how it works. I never expected right. yeah. anyone to come to my fucking defense for what happened. It's, well, it would have been nice if OP maybe came yeah, up. Maybe OP. <laughs> but other than that, I understand. People have their shit, their their careers, their their lives to live. I'm not the center of everyone's goddamn universe. So, because I I, I didn't do that, the, the well the fans because Bill didn't do that. The fans really gave his wife a lot of shit, and and the race stuff came into right, it. But she everything. she got into the fray. So they're attacking Bill. She comes to Bill's defense, and it, and then they just like you get into a oh, oh yeah, yeah hyenas. Yeah. They start going fuck crazy. You and blah blah blah. And it's blah. and it's. Uh, terrible i know my fans they could be fucking awful to me i, I don't know yeah. but but bill then i was just i love how he's not disavowing it he's not telling off his fans he's not publicly distancing himself from it he's just talking about it 
Yeah, nice, lovely. Lovely, 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 lovely. Persona non grata after that. that. Bill would not talk to me. I was not invited to Patrice Benefit. I would not, all that shit happened. Why is he surprised about this? I'm just shocked about why he's surprised. <laughs> Cunty man acts, acts like a cunt, then gets surprised when people don't want to hang out with him. <laughs> it's like, huh? So if it weren't for the Patrice Benefit, I think after Anthony got fired, him and Bill probably would have just been done with each other. But since they're both expected to go to that, they need to kind of interact or at least be cordial with each other. But I think Bill hosts it. So after everything that just went down, you know, the racist ran on Twitter, him getting fired, his fans attacking Bill Burr and his wife. Bill didn't really want him there anymore. So I found this post on Reddit from Anthony, like during an AMA he was doing probably... Exactly, Duckwave J. My point exactly. He attacks a woman, then talks about the man in a safe space, <laughs> clutching a pistol. Yeah, he's the he's he's the he's the textbook definition of a pussy, really and truly, isn't it? Textbook definition of a pussy. Like <laughs> a little oh. after he got fired, he's talking about the Patrice O'Neill benefit, and it, it's such a bizarre post. He's saying he's not invited and he doesn't know why. But then he's like, I was instructed to call Bill Burr. I'm scared. I love Bill. Bill has given us some of the best radio ever over the years. He's a very talented comedian and very funny, quick-witted, and a great actor. But there's something about him that frightens me. And I think he is mad at me. I don't even know. I think he's mad at me for what happened that brought about my firing or what he heard second or third hand about what happened. Regardless of which one of these, I'm scared. But I have to pick up the phone and talk to Burr at some point. Why do I have to? So maybe it'll be one of those last moment things. But as of right now, I do not have an invitation to the benefit. So I don't know if he ever called him. I mean, it's so weird. He just keeps talking about how he's scared and everything. And of course, people in the comments are roasting him. But even if he did call Burr, I'm sure it only made things worse. You know, I doubt it helped at all. Like these two talking to each other directly with nobody else involved is not going to go well. Like at least on the show, there's other people there that can kind of mediate if they get in an argument. And then also at the end of it, they usually just start joking around and laughing again. It's like, oh, they're just friends having an argument. But after that, like without anybody else there, and also I saw this comment, they made a good point that Patrice was a good buffer against Anthony's racism. But then once he passed away, Anthony went completely overboard and got way more blatant with it. So without him, these two cannot tolerate each other at all. And then the whole thing with the benefit, and also I think a documentary they made about Patrice O'Neill and Anthony wasn't in that, I think I read. So that really divided these two, and now they absolutely hate each other. And then also the whole conflict with Anthony and Bill's wife, that's only gotten a lot worse. You know, he's taken a lot of shots at her, and he also probably believes that she's the reason why Bill's turned on him, and she's... How could anyone hate Nia? Honestly, Nia is lovely. Don't know the lady, great woman, never met her, but she seems really nice whenever she comes on Bill Burr's podcast. And like I said, like... She legitimately is one of the flipping MVPs of that show. When she comes on, it's actually hilarious. Like, she legitimately busts Bill's balls. She probably does make him bust as well, which I'm sure is nice. But they generally look like they get along. Like, for sure, they absolutely get along really well. They clearly love each other. He clearly appreciates her. She clearly appreciates him. And they always have great chemistry within the pod. It's absolutely hilarious. Her impression of him, it makes me laugh all the time. <laughs> Whenever I think of it, she does him really well. But it's not even like in, a, in an amazing accent. She just does him well in terms of his mannerisms. She's awesome. How can you hate her? Like, she's really funny. But, you know, uh, what's his name? He seems to have a thing against uh, the blacks, isn't it? 
changed him, you know? And I, I want people, fans that remember from many years ago, Burr being on uh, the ONA show. Yeah, exactly, Uche. Yeah, you know why they hate that. Of course I know why. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh, and, and sitting there with the likes of Patrice O'Neill and, and uh, <laughs> other comics that really could put some shit. They were calling me a monkey in the flipping comments, mate. Eh? They were saying I was showing fucking feet in the chats. I was showing feet in group chats, in chat rooms. <laughs> Come your fans are fucking dorks, man. Absolute dorks. And I bet they're all fucking middle-aged white dudes as well. Like going around standing some noodly. Look at this noodly armed goblin-faced freak. You know what I mean? This, these are the guys that they're standing. You're standing this guy. You're standing this guy, right? Who who sits in front of a green screen fucking landscape of New York with noodle arms, a shirt with like who wait like what is this? What is this? Come on, man. Get out there. Uh, this is I don't know who this is. I swear I don't know who this is. If it's a clip, I think it is. Dude, that is like it's like. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> Let me pontificate. Uh, yeah, it's very, it's very self-indulgent. Oh, God. And also, I'm sure he believes Whoa. she's the reason why he wasn't invited to the benefit anymore, which could be accurate. You know, I don't know. She definitely hates him. There's no question about that. And there's no way she wanted him at that benefit. But, you know, I'm sure Bill didn't really want him there either. So Bill actually did sit down and talk to Anthony, I think, like, maybe three or four years ago this was i'm not totally sure but he was out doing joe rogan's podcast and joe convinced them to have a meeting together he got them to sit down with each other and it sounds like it went how you'd expect it to go but um <laughs> i went out to la to do joe rogan's show uh-huh and uh it was how, how is joe rogan still this guy's friend like he's legitimately super unlikable doesn't have a lot of comedy friends but joe seems to like him joe has a weird um, I don't know. He has a weird gauge on like who's likable and who isn't, and it? it's strange. Like, how is this guy more likable than Dave? Ru why does why does this guy get back on JRE, but Dave Rubin doesn't? Like, Dave Rubin's a bit simple, a little bit dim. Maybe thinks he's smarter than he is, but why does Dave Rubin get completely iced out, but this guy is allowed to come back on? Why? <laughs> it was great, you know. Rogan's awesome. And, and he goes, uh, look, I'm going to set something up with Bill Burr where you guys can, can sit down and talk. Because after the whole Times Square thing, his wife got like, like don't even talk to that guy. He didn't, his, his fans. So he goes, you and Bill get together and just hash it out. Talk. So I, 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 I'm sitting there waiting at the table. Oh, he, uh, he shows up a little late sits down very it was one of the most uncomfortable sit down right now i was so uncomfortable <laughs> that i've ever had so we go through the small talk hey remember video? remember no 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 oh shit might be in the security cameras or something so we're just sitting there and we're hanging out and talking uh small talk very uncomfortable so he he goes look look i know you know what we're what we're talking about and everything and stuff he goes you know my wife didn't even want me to come here tonight to talk to you yeah, you shouldn't have i shouldn't have both the both of you shouldn't both have. of us shouldn't have i understand this and uh the bottom line he goes uh, he goes look it's the way things worked out and the way things happen he goes 
I just can't work with you professionally anymore. Just can't do it. Can't do anything with you professionally. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, promise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step, no erases? I was like sitting there going, why did I just put myself through that? Is there a shower here? Oh, I know. Does anyone have a shower with a strong uh, loofah? Just wring your diaper out over your head. What's wrong with him saying that though? Why did that elicit such a weird reaction? He said he just can't work with you. He's not about it. It's not that bad of a thing, isn't it? <laughs> I was so, like, degraded. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like... So then after this, Anthony started going even harder, trashing Bill and his wife. Bill Burr's wife is not attractive, and I don't even care what color she is. Right. It's just not... I don't find her attractive. And th Jesus well, there's two things going on once here. There's like, we've all been, been taught to think that, uh, yeah, look, God bless. God bless. To love each other. Have a great I, life. I don't, I, I don't just, I, sorry. And I'm sure Bill has never found my girls attractive. Whatever. But, you know, I just, it's a very rare thing you see. That's the thing, though. These guys have not faced any real consequences. That's probably why they're so shitting on real, on real flipping civilians and shit. Because, like, legit, some people don't play. Some people really don't play about their spouse, about their partner, about their family. Sometimes about their possessions. People sometimes people don't play in the slightest, and they will legitimately cave your head in and take the time. They will legitimately sit in prison for as long as it takes. But at least they know they've caved your head in and you're no longer walking on this earth. Your mom is crying. People have got to go find me to kind of pay for your costs of your funeral. And people are putting, you know, air flipping spray paint t-shirts of you on, on a t-shirt somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Like people don't play. So he's really playing with fire because he's lucky that Bilbo's, you know, essentially got way more to lose kind of getting in the mud of him than regular people but regular person actually may actually legitimately rock up to your next comedy set and just cave your head in with a baseball bat and take the time on the chin like a champ you know what i mean leave you legitimately comatose in the flipping hospital bed somewhere and take the time gladly <laughs> talking about their partner like this like this guy is reckless to say the least and he's surprised why he doesn't want to be his friend he's surprised why bill burr doesn't want to be his friend or work with him professionally surprised you get his wife up on the big screen plaster all over the place okay and and every time i see a white dude with a black chick i have to imagine there's some type of parental animosity there <laughs> Fucking no. I, I, I don't know I, I actually don't so then after all this it's pretty clear there's no chance they're repairing the relationship it's over like these two absolutely despise each other and even that meeting that joe rogan set up that was probably a bad idea but still people want them to work out their issues and the other day i guess anthony thought it was a good time to try to work things out again with bill burr and of course it was just a complete disaster i don't know what anthony was thinking at this point like i understand he wants to go to the patrice benefit and that was just the other day so he's probably missing out on that but this is not the right move right here. And he said he's drinking too, of course. I mean, I think he's always drinking, but also he's probably nervous talking to Bill Burr because he's so scared <laughs> he's of him and everything. And after this, he's going to be even more scared because he walked up to Bill and it sounded like immediately Bill kind of freaked out and he's caught off guard. And then the security guy had Anthony thrown out of the place and the security guy used to work for Opie and Anthony. So he was really pissed about that as well. I, I, I was like, okay, no big. I'm having a few drinks. 
And as I had brought up prior, the uh, the Patrice O'Neill benefit was the night before, and people are still in town. Now, who who? I love quizzing the booth. Who puts on the Patrice O'Neill benefit every year? Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Bill Burr comes in. And I'm sitting there. I see Bill. It was Bill Burr, by the way. It was not someone that looked like Bill Burr that I took a picture of or a video and didn't talk to or attempt to have some words with. I did attempt to have some words with Bill Burr. I was going over there to be sincere, to try my best to, as uh, as Bobby Kelly said, bury this shit with Burr. Bobby Kelly told me that. He goes, could you bury this shit with Burr? No, he wasn't so I'm like, look, Burr. we're both here. Let me bury this shit with Burr. I'll try it. I walk up to the table. Look out. Uh, he's sitting down. I, I kind of uh, used a chair to put my knee on to get on a, a level. <laughs> I said, Billy, how, what's up? How you doing? Uh, I, Dan! Ooh. Now I'm starting to think, maybe this was not the best move. His dude wasn't, dude! It was, dude! Like, like when he talks about white women. Just disdain in his voice. <laughs> He's such a cunt, isn't it? He's such a cunt. <laughs> Uh, what are you f- talking to me? After the shit you said about my wife? Hey, Bill. First of all, the fans are the ones that kicked that whole fucking thing off. I love the lack of personal responsibility and accountability. It's all the fans. I didn't say nothing. I just added to it. I didn't, say, I didn't start it. I just added to it. Fuck off. Never said, well, I didn't get that much out before. Now, so when I was up there t- chatting, trying to bury this shit with Bill Burr, his security guy, Club Soda Kenny, quite literally threw me out of the comedy cellar. You know, it's funny. I, I had to Google who Club Soda Kenny is because I don't even know who he is, right? And he legitimately looks like somebody who would throw you out of a comedy club. He looks like a real quiet silent assassin <laughs> he's clearly huge in terms of height <laughs> and he doesn't look at the kind of guy that talks too much minds his business and he looks like he looks kind of nondescript also because he looks like he could be a comedian but he also kind of blends in well right so he but he also looks like you know when shit kicks off he can step in and kind of diffuse the situation but imagine this dude <laughs> Just picking him up, picking up fucking Anthony Kumi by the underarm, by you know, by his armpits, and essentially just carrying him out of the fucking place. Big up Club Soda Kenny, you're a fucking bad boy. Big up Club Soda Kenny, you're a fucking bad boy. That's what you are, an absolute bad boy. We love to see it, mate. Big up Club Soda Kenny. Look at that mullet. Look at that gorgeous mullet. Big up Club Soda Kenny. Club Soda Kenny, sorry. Absolute bad boy. You are an absolute G. I'm sorry, you really are.
Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Da, 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 da. Where is the video? Where is it? Oh, oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He chest bumped me <laughs> out of the f- place. <laughs> I I love his motion for a chest out bump. Out of the f- you can tell he's never he's never done anything physical in his life. Look at the chest punch. Look at his look at his chest bump motion. He chest bumped me <laughs> out. His old man. He chest bumped me. <laughs> you should have got stomped to the. You should your head got should have got stomped to the side of a pavement. You fucking beat of shit. Out of the f- place. I was not worthy to bury the shit with Bill Burr. And by the way, that's why I never tried to bury the shit with Bill Burr. Yeah, don't don't try and just continuing on flipping insulting his wife and him and hope it gets better. Cool, cool. My drunken haze last night, it seemed like a good idea. Bobby Kelly echoing in my head. You got to bury this shit with Bird, dude, and get a bandolier. Kenny, the guy I spent years with as one of our security guys, (laughs) chest bumped me physically. Shock horror. Security guy who I no longer pay is now hired by another guy who pays him doing his job. (laughs) <laughs> what <laughs> removed me didn't even nicely be like listen man you gotta no. just no. straight to physical go 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 <laughs> big up cuts and the then kidney. i was physically removed by club soda kenny big up club Dude, soda kenny i'm beside myself fuck i'm beside myself just thinking this has been on my mind that this fucking guy who we supported, paid, and enjoyed the company of for years. I was just another piece of shit in the way of one of his paychecks. Yeah. It's I was just it. another piece of garbage that needed to be removed because his paycheck might have been uh, getting upset. Well, duh. (laughs) What do you expect? That I would dare try to bury that shit with Bill Burr. I think they could still work things out, you know. They just need to have another conversation, maybe. No, I'm kidding. That that was the nail in the coffin. I mean, if anybody thinks these two are working it out, they're delusional. Like Bobby Kelly, just thinking they could work things out, that was a bad idea. But I'm glad it happened. I mean, that sounds like a funny scene right there. I wish somebody got that on video. Bill freaking out, and then I'm sure Anthony was all scared. That would have been awesome to have. But, yeah, that's it for them. I, I can't imagine they have any more interactions. It's too bad, you know, Anthony's missing out on the benefit and everything, but maybe start a different one or something, do a separate one. I don't know, but you're never going to get invited. <laughs> maybe as long maybe as start hosting your own that. Thing. They're never going to allow you there. So that's about it for this video. Thanks for watching. Make sure you check out my Patreon if you want to Oh, amazing. Yeah, big up to those who try. Check out all of his shit. His Patreon link is there as well. Check him out. He's fucking awesome. I love his videos. 
he does them really really well one of my favorites out there big up to ladies to try patrons all out there as well he's uploading five pounds a month for his good stuff over there check it out check it out if you haven't already if you haven't already um what's he to talk about i think that might be it you know i think i've covered it all mate i think i've covered it all I think I've covered it all. I think I've covered it all. Let me just double check here, see if I've missed anything before I leave you, lovely creatures. Um. Oh, this is absolutely amazing. Look at this. Big up, was it someone called Bone Fork? You seen this? Wow. Look at that. Oh my God. That's a work of art, mate. I'd, I'd have that framed. I'm not going to lie. That's fucking awesome. It's a poster for the Gringo Pappy. Someone's made an illustration. Dicey, dicey. It features three illustrations of, of Brendan. <laughs> iconic pieces. <clears throat> in the documentaries. One of it says, at night we'd fuck each other. <laughs> One of them was, it's like a chocolate chip with salsa over it. Another one, Dallas a little different. Wow, this is so good. <laughs> this is really good. Holy shit. The backdrop as well with the stars. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, my mouth is fucking leaking here. That was disgusting. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, that was so good. Big up. Big up the guy who put this together, man. This is fucking amazing. Wow. This is so well done. This is really good. This belongs in a t-shirt. This should be this should be Gringo Pappy merch, but he's too pussy to do this. He wouldn't do this. And look, it's even got the fucking Mexican flag in it. Yeah, it looks, yeah this, this is what the fucking t-shirt merch or the Gringo Pappy merch should be. Was there even Gringo Pappy merch? Did it exist? I'm not sure if he put it out. Was Did that exist? The Gringo Pappy. Did, did he put out any merch ever for that? I don't remember seeing it. Oh, I, I guess that, yeah, there was. There we go. Gringo Pappy long body tee. For all my essays out there, innit? Long body t-shirt with the Gringo Pappy. What's it got on the front? The logo with the fucking uh, donut bussy in the front. <sighs> That donut bussy logo is so horrible. I swear on my life. The Gringo Pappy, the thick, a thick boy comedy special. Wearing a comedy special shirt, is that as bad as wearing a band t-shirt for a band you don't listen to? I wonder. Like, wearing a, like, who's going to do that? Oh, but James Burke, not going to lie, I kind of want it. Oh, but this, really? Do you want this? Really? I guess the to be fair, the back the back looks better than the front. The back I would take. I think what he should have done was put this front this back logo on the front. Just make it smaller. I don't get why he's got the the this donut included. Just take off the donut essentially and leave the back the same. Yeah, yeah. Take off the donut logo, and it's fine basically. Or maybe remove the text and leave the donut logo, but not two. It just looks too. There's like three different fonts plus the donut. It's just too much. I would have left, I would have put this back logo on the front. Or maybe just made the whole, maybe the font as well is weird. I like this font in the middle more than this. 
I think this font would have worked better. So just make the font all one, make the Gringo font all one, all together, and then remove this thick boy special shit, and then just put that in the front and the back, and it's pretty sick. But yeah, that donut pussy, no thank you. Me not like the donut pussy. What else we got here? We got more thick boy stuff. Ficky ficky. Oh look, we got un under we got under brim hat thick. Got the 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 print from the flipping wall. Put on the under brim of the flipping or the uh, yeah under the brim of the hat as well. That looks pretty nice. Yeah, this di the best thing he's got actually in the store is definitely this. This design is really good. I think this design is really really good. I'm surprised this hasn't sold out. This is definitely his best design ever. This dicey dicey shirt, snake eyes dicey. This this is really good. With a look, see that smaller logo on the front with the dicey and then at the back. Like if if it was me, I would have just. I would have either taken off the text and just had the two dice or have the words underneath both. Like, take this on. So, dicey, dicey. You know? That's what I would have done to kind of really lean into the meme a bit. Like, just remove the text underneath, dicey on the top, dicey underneath with the dice or remove the, the text completely and just had the two dice. That would have been pretty cool. But I think that's his best design he's ever done. That, this design. And this is quite, this is quite nice also. I've seen him wear the hoodie. This is actually nice. This one. This logo, which is kind of like this um, 70s kind of show type of font. This is quite nice. Dicey logo. Again, clutching at straws here. Bottom of the barrel stuff. But if we have to be somewhat positive, I think those two designs are pretty decent. Let's not, let's not lie here, right? Let's not, be, uh, let's not be unfair to the Dicey Dicey King. Anyway, that is it for now. Random show episode number one zero two, uno zero dos, para eh, en españoles, en españoles, para españoles, en españoles. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm practicing, mate. I'm practicing out here. But yeah, big up all the people watching. I appreciate each and every one of you. I'll probably be back again with another shorts. I'll probably be back with another. Actually, let me let me leave you with this. Have you guys seen this before I leave you? You seen this clip? This is exclusive, exclusive clip of Brian Callen um, sexually assaulting somebody. This is very, very, very exclusive. I kind of had to dig through the internet and find this, but this is live, live footage, like one to the million footage of flipping Brian Callen sexually assaulting somebody. So this is kind of crazy. So if you're with, if you're near small kids or something, cover their eyes, cover their ears, because this is some evidence of, uh, you know, here's I'll be your girlfriend. You'll keep me my girlfriend. Look at this. <laughs> Live footage of Brian Callen in the depths of India as Scott, you know, flipping, chasing after this sweet, lovely Asian lady, man. Leave her the fuck alone, man. Brian Callen's a savage out there in India doing absolute madness, man. Absolute madness. <laughs> big up Callen. No, not big up Callen. Let's not big up Callen. Let's not big him up. But you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean.
Fucking hell. <laughs> you see Galilei terrorizing people in the street. Like, keep your fucking winker to yourself, mate. Put your winger, put your little wiener in your flipping pocket and relax, okay? Put your wiener in your pocket and relax. And then another clip to play here again before I leave you guys. What are going for New York? What's going on in New York? Please, someone tell me. What's happening in New York? Look at this clip. Who does this? Is this guy on drugs or something? Imagine rocking up to a police officer and doing this. This is fucking wild. Look at this. Two cops outside of a shop just chilling. And look what happens. A dude rolls up. Bang! Hits a cop with a bottle. Punches. <laughs> like, what? The fuck? Who does that? Like, honestly, who does that? This is some, this is, this is crazy. She's minding a business outside of a bodega or something. And a dude literally pulls up, pulls a bottle, an empty bottle out of his pocket. And then hits her in the back of the head. <laughs> honestly, absolute psychotic behavior absolute psychotic behavior i swear to fucking god man and then of course um we've got last video to play here which is fucking wild we got this um mum of the year mum of the century mum of the decade you know sharing some flipping seasonal greetings with her neighbor through the thing you're doing yeah you are artificial and disgusting and you know what your kid is going to die and i don't have to do anything i'm just gonna watch and smile as it happens and watch yes it's currently he five knows. it's he currently knows. 5 p.m on a saturday in april yeah and this Keep woman lives next to me in riverview woman. florida yes. and she's going on of course it's florida of course on a rant. she just punched a hole through my fence this is made of artificial she's trying to put okay so we're going inside right now <laughs> florida shit mate big up florida <laughs> i fucking love america i can't wait to visit man honestly i really can't wait to visit i just fucking love freaks and psychos they bring me so much joy. The amount of time I wasted my life talking to like local freaks and weirdos is really disconcerting. I love it. I don't know what I love about it. Maybe because I see myself in them. I know that I'm only a few psychotic breaks away from punching holes into fences and shouting at kids and telling them they're going to die. I know that's within my capacity. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not too far away from it in the slightest. I'm not better than that. I've definitely got that within my flipping skill set for sure it's definitely some of my dormant genes there lying in there my dormant crazy genes so maybe i identify with them in that regard but big up all the psychos big up all the crazies keeping this world interesting and lit for all of us out here isn't it big up big up big up anyway that is finally is the end of the exit sorry the random show episode number 102 thanks so much for tuning in random show episode number 102 if you want to check out the podcast, it's available as per usual on Spotify and on Apple. You can check this out and watch it and listen to it. Sorry, if you want to, it'd be the audio thing. Um, I'll put timestamps later on today. I'll probably stream again later on because I've got some other bits I wanted to put through. And then I'll see you guys again very soon.
Take care. Be safe. Peace. Bye.